Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, TJ, and with me here, as always, is our NHL analyst expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he's always the same. That's me. Also with us, special guest, friend of the show, Andy Francis is on tonight. How are you, Andy? I'm doing all right. How are you? What's going on with you over there? Why am I seeing a little, a little uh, raven up Looks there? Looks like a crow. Time? Looks like a crow. <laughs> I mean, oh, 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 is there some? Is there some hidden meaning behind oh, this? Oh no, uh, just my camera was having some issues. No, but I feel like you know, I don't know. Maybe call me Freddie Flip Flop, Philly Flip Flop, whatever. You know, last podcast I was saying no. I'm sticking in the camp of the Islanders are not making the postseason. I mean, this was just Saturday. We talk about the flip flop action here. And here we are on Wednesday. All the teams around us lose. We beat the, the you know the Sabres in regulation. And now I'm, I don't know, if you had to take me to Vegas, I guess I'm putting money on that the Islanders make the postseason. But I'm not the one who makes the bets like that. That's you, Andy. Oh, what a t- – you thought well, you don't have the ability to do reads and you can't be in radio and you said all those things? Are you kidding me? It's the polar opposite. You're you're cut for radio. You're going to be on the radio. You're going to be spinning those 80s tunes if I have my way when it's all said and done. If I, if I knew any of the music, I'd be right on board. You could learn that. Oh, good. Now, that actually is surprising to me that somebody like you is married to your opinions. I feel like – if anyone, that should be me, but it's more, I can't believe that you're such a reasonable guy. Or are you, are you like, are you doing that thing that some people do? Are you, have you only shown me like, oh yeah, this is like dating TJ in the first couple of months <laughs> is the real you just the polar opposite. And you're just grumble in the middle of the night, like a maniac. No, I'd say, well, how would you describe grumpy? I'm pretty authentic on the show on a consistent basis. I'm pretty much a maniac at times, you know, I'll have the millennial meltdowns. But other than that, I, I could be someone reasonable. I don't know. I was not buying into the team. And then you get to a spot to where they're playing more of a defensive structure. Trust me, it's not entertaining hockey, but it's where we found success in the past. It, I'm still not sure how long term it's going to pan out. This has all been without map or I don't know. Let's not jump. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a sec. And then out of curiosity, at what point? So you're kind of just maybe making that little jump right now. And what was Grumpy telling? At what point was he like, listen, man, you got to you got to shift up your narrative. Saturday. <laughs> OK, he was oh, so, so it wasn't something he was so ridiculous. I mean, just the the nat of vitriol where I had to play good cop. Think about how bad it's got to be when I have to play good cop. Now, I didn't feel the Islanders are going to make the playoffs. Not until the last week. I'm like, absolutely, we're making the playoffs. And I, what I said to DJ and I said to the listeners of the show, I'm like, I'd much rather have the points in the bank than you see all these other teams. I call them the shell bag of the, you know, like, you know, they play the shell game, the shell game of suck. And we can do a eulogy today for the Buffalo Sabres. We did one for the Detroit Red Wings on Saturday. And I said, there's no way Washington's making the playoffs after their GM just admitted that they're throwing in the towel. And now you see them falling apart where teachers like, watch out for Washington. We go play them three times. I bet we don't, I bet we maybe, maybe lose one game to Washington. Maybe. But I said to him, I'm like, we're making the playoffs. I, and what I've been saying for weeks, Whichever one of these shitty teams, and I include us, Pittsburgh, Florida, Detroit, Washington, Buffalo, they're all in like the little bag of suck, not good enough for the top six. 
And here's the thing. What do you get? What do you get, Johnny, if you make the playoffs? Oh, you get a first-round sweep by the Boston Bruins. Or you get swept by the Carolina Hurricanes. That's all That's all. it's going to happen. And But you know what? If it makes Islander fans happy that we make the playoffs and get rolled again, I don't have an issue with that. I like it. I'd like to see Islanders uh, play well. What have we noticed, though, the last couple of games? What have we noticed the playing style? I would think Barry Trotz is back behind the bench. Jumping, jumping already into it, Grumpy. Good gracious. All right, I'm trying to, I'm like, so first of all, every time I come on here, I get a little better every time, <laughs> letting everyone get, get it all out. But I, I do know. struggle with, so Grumpy made a ton of points. I'm trying to, one, two, hey, now, three. I'm yeah. trying to store them out. So the first one was, and, you know, yeah, made points seem to be of greater value than games in it. Like a made point, like when you have four points, it seems like erring on the side of points earned already is like the more favorable side. And then as far, I think we probably should just go right into the philosophy change. If you guys remember, I was the one that just fighting Islander fans for years. Why would you just sprint back to having no defense and be amongst these teams that's not going to contend every year? Because that's what that style of play does unless you have a roster, coach, and full buy-in from teams who do have an immense amount of skill. Now, the best vindication is that Barzal and Pajo are out. So everybody in the offseason clamoring for, oh, let's get Kadri, let's get this guy, let's get that guy. It, we need goals, we need goals. If we just had someone in game seven, we would have scored a goal. Looking like big losers, blowing leads amongst the lowest uh, teams in the league and expected goals against, hemorrhaging chances, making Sorokin standing on his stand on his head. And now... You default to a system that historically is time-tested, not just with the Islanders, every other team. Look at what it did to the Buffalo Sabres. Fans want teams like the Sabres. Oh, I want Tage Thompson. I want all these high. I want Dolan on the back end. You see how frustrated they looked in the third period? And they give you odd man rushes the other way. If you play within the system, that will always be the time-tested way. It's just that fans get upset for some whatever reason. Maybe it's just they want offense. But the reason I, I didn't buy on the Islanders all year was because they never bought into defense. And I said, this team cannot win like this. And I said, I am fully out, fully out because this, I called it all season. I, you heard this on the uh, thing the other night, TJ, I said, we had Trotz's offense with Waits defense. That was our team for the majority of this season. It was unbelievable. And I, I was out, I was out. This has been the first time I've been in. When I saw them play that road game at Winnipeg, I went, what the hell was that? Because I we saw a couple shades of it in the previous games, but it's a different thing to go on the road into one of those Canadian buildings and just take out the energy. Then we outwilded the Minnesota Wild. We clearly had the majority of scoring chances in that game, came down to a shootout, like most of the Wilds game, including last night. And I was like, are they gonna continue to do this? Don't get me excited. And then they come home, they play a game like they did last night against the Sabres, a team that it was going on the road. Their road record is amongst the best. And the fact that they grabbed a lead in the third period with that roster and did not allow another goal, it spoke volumes to me. So I am of the belief that whether it was, whatever sparked the philosophy change is the only thing that saved their season, in my personal opinion. Okay, boys and girls, before we get too excited, Winnipeg sucks. And here's the teams, here's the teams we've been beating. Winnipeg, they blow. Uh, Pittsburgh, 
no goalie. Been through that a hundred times. Buffalo. You you mentioned, yeah, everyone wants Darlene. Absolutely. You know who they don't want? Owen Power and the rest of those clowns masquerading <laughs> as defensemen back there. They're hideous. I've been watching these other teams' games coming up to this, and that's why I came to the decision we're absolutely making the playoffs. Buffalo, for as good as – they're young. They're really, really young. They played a fire engine hockey game the night before against Edmonton, and I knew we were going to beat Buffalo. That's why I told you. I guarantee we beat them. Here's the thing. Pittsburgh Thursday night. That's a win for us, too. I don't know who's in goal, but if it's either Smith or or Jari, that's a win for us. And then we play Washington. Washington, they've already packed up the tents. Everyone's got their bags packed. Yeah, that's understood. The yeah, remember, remember when you remember when you fought me saying that they're going to make the playoffs because their old guys are better than our old guys, and I said, they're no, no, they okay, have okay. old they're, old guys. Their old guys are better than our old guys, but they've all been hurt. They've all been hurt. But now they're, the they're grumpy. They're 37, 30. Like these, these are not kind of like oh, Pajo, how thirty? They are on the back. Nick Backstrom's finished. His career is finished. TJ Oshie's on his very last leg, and Ovechkin can blast in one-timer. They have nobody. They're done just like I told you they were done, and the Penguins' defense is just as garbage, relying on the same forwards that I told you, as you yelled at me, how they were both going to make the playoffs and be good in the division. So what and are you talking about? Here, I, I, here's the thing. I said that they had just as good a chance as us. I said their old guys are better than our old guys, and they are. They just happen to all be hurt this year. I mean, if Washington didn't have the injuries they've had, they would they would have qualified for the playoffs. They're all they still might qualify for the playoffs. They're not, they're they not qualified three for the playoffs. Times. When, the GM, when the GM comes in and says, you know what, thanks for your service, we're looking to see what happens next, we're looking to reload, you know, all this stuff, that means we've already we've thrown in the towel in the season. That's why I gave them the eulogy. I yeah. gave Detroit the eulogy. Tonight, yeah. Buffalo, Buffalo, you get the eulogy tonight. You oh, have they get future. the eulogy because of their schedule, not because of their abilities. I they're not good enough defensively, and they don't have goals. exactly, exa- exactly, right. so, so exactly. So their eulogy, their eulogy is get better in the offseason, get a couple of veteran defensemen, get a real legitimate veteran backup goalie, not Craig Anderson, who shit the bed Monday night against Edmonton. I thought the kid who played last night has a future for them. But they need a solid veteran, and they need two. I said one veteran defenseman who actually can play defense, two. Another thing, send Owen Power down to the minor leagues. He's maybe the worst defenseman I've seen in the NHL this year. Quick question, TJ, if you could give me a hurry-up offense on the season, like what has your theme – like what were you saying early on then – to mid-season to like now what what were you mid-season what was your belief like what were you guys saying like ah this is was it teams, teams we're fighting teams we're fighting it. for seventh or eighth play, a spot that's we what we're thought fighting. going into the year we we're going to be maybe slightly above average seventh or eighth is best case scenario and when the year started I, well, and even kind of towards the middle of, i mean early on in the year we had success there were always going to be warts though we didn't know that early in the season TJ. about let me tell you something just uh, for, that I would tell the odd shopper people or the people who come for the sniffs. October games are the biggest scam games of the You may as well call it oh, preseason. Yeah. So you can't take, and this is next year, the following year, the following year. How many times do I got to see Buffalo start 9-1 and one and not make the playoffs? Like, <laughs> you have to throw out that preseason month. So just, just something for the future. Oh, yeah. 
Oh yeah. But, okay. So then after, after that, you about it, I was like, man, I said they just seem to be winning on things that are not sustainable at the moment, and they went through their lulls. But I, I didn't. Man, I'll be honest with you, I did not see this team making the postseason. I'm like, please start. We're looking towards the future. Start building this team up on one of the deepest drafts we've seen in two decades. I still was in that pool, but you know, yeah. as as a viewer, a listener said here on the show, we may not have bought a ticket on the tri- on the the Lou Lamarillo train, but we're all aboard, and we can't stop it from going where it's going to go. And that's kind of the situation we're in. We have no input or thought at all of what can happen. We're just all on the Lou Lamarillo train and. Hey, let's continue to trade away first and second and third round picks on a consistent basis and see how long that's sustainable for. For me, yeah. like for me, I, I just want to touch on the October games. You can't make the playoffs in October, but you could eliminate yourself if you come out and play like oh, dog yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I, I agree with you, Andy, when you say, you know, that's not a harbinger of, you know, who's going to make the playoffs. But if you go like two and eight, you know, that first month, you could effectively be out of the playoff race. Who expected the Devils to be this good? I didn't. I thought they were going to be with us at battling for a playoff spot. I mean, well, I, I, I see. I didn't even think. I thought they were a year away. I didn't think they were there yet, and that's why I said Pittsburgh and Washington with us fighting for that spot. I never, ever, ever expected the Devils to be where they are. Devils I, I are see good. a Florida year coming out of them. I see a juggernaut offense. I mean, the level of holes in their defensive game. You see it blowing 4-2 leads at Arizona, and Colorado almost blew a 5 nothing lead. So on the back end, they're going to learn. They're going to learn, and they're going to need to fix those things. I don't think you're going to see them right in that two seed next year. I think you're going to see a little bit of a fall, but because you're talking about an unbelievable start to the season, like unbelievable. And then since I'd say like the halfway point, they've come down to a little bit, still very good record. I don't know. I don't think this means that they're just going to be run and gun every single year. Obviously Hughes is a superstar. Yeah. And yeah, didn't see that coming, but similarly where you can look at a younger team like that. I told TJ this the other night was the same way you guys on this channel, if there was a alternate universe TJ in the Grump in Las Vegas and an alternate TJ in the Grump in Boston, they're saying, this team's done all these runs. It's, oh, we got to turn the page. They're sc- they, they, they got crazy. They fished a 38-year-old guy from the Czech Republic. We have no Marshawn to start the year. We have no McAvoy to start the year. Bergeron might retire. What are we doing? Let's turn the page. And that TJ and the Grump are having themselves a bad year. In Vegas, you're talking about a team, they got they got lambasted. Oh, now the cap's coming for them. They traded all those picks to bring in those players. And now look what's happening to them. They're going to fall through the floor, get what they deserve, trading all those picks. Eichel trading picks for Mark Stone, trading picks for Pacioretty. Done for them. First place in the West. The Islanders were the only team who was older and had a little taste of getting close, who just kind of didn't have that same type of result. And I I was very upset about this. But of the three teams who made deep runs and then missed out last year, not Boston, they made it, but, you know, lost in the first round. We were the only ones who didn't respond like those other two teams, unfortunately. They have more talent so, than we have. They're more talented than we have. And here's the thing. I was on at the, beginning, at the beginning of the season, I'm like, Boston, I was picking them for fourth in division. I and I was like, I love Bruce Cassidy as a coach. I was surprised they cut him loose. And Jim Montgomery's done a great job there. That team, I, okay. 
Yeah. Do you really no, think baby. anyone can beat Boston? Oh, of course. Just like, you know, do they have a full team top to bottom? Yes. It's just unfortunately in the way hockey works, like, you know, the New York Rangers demonstrated that they were zero better than the Tampa Bay Lightning. That power play almost won that series. That had them up 2-0 in Game 3 in Tampa in the second period. Power play goals just winning them the whole series. And if they would have won that, they they would have got through that series. They were not the better team. So, you know, something and can happen. You have an, yeah, no, correct, correct. Uh, older teams, things can happen. Well, things can Tampa, happen. for Tampa last year, it, it helps when you've been there, done that. And the Rangers hadn't been there, hadn't done that. Tampa had, and that's why Tampa won that series. Just, was almost like they, it was almost like they were winning on muscle memory. That's how they beat Toronto in the first round. I'm just illustrating how it's – this is hockey, Grumpy. You've been watching. You, you tell me you've been watching since the 80s. You've seen it. Oh, from so the 70s. Super teams. Not the 80s. Exactly. Since the, matter of fact, you've, since the 60s, I've been watching the game. You've seen so many super teams – no. Knocked off. Yeah. 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 This team is different. Yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, Boston, I would be stunned if, okay, I won't say stunned is maybe a strong word. I think Boston is the prohibitive favorite going into the playoffs. They're not like they Tampa Bay of a few years ago. Tampa Bay did not have the grit and toughness. What did, what did Boston go out and do? They picked up some defensemen. I mean, guys who can play on, I mean, they got, Lynn Holm, they got Orlov. I thought that was a great deal, by the way. They got Carlo. They got McAvoy. Their defense is solid, all top six. Bringing back Krejci makes them too deep. That's two lines deep and getting Bergeron back, you know, for pennies on the dollar. I, I, I just did not expect – but here's the thing. I don't think anyone said, man, Linus Olmark is going to be the man this year. I think that surprised everyone. It is not a foregone conclusion because when you think of the road, one thing I've noticed with them, they struggle a little with people who hit them with hard speed. I saw it with Edmonton, seen it with Toronto. Carol, by the way, Carolina beat them in the playoffs, yep. beat them handily in Carolina, and had them down 2 nothing in their building in the third period this year. They want no part of them in a conference final. But then even if they play Carolina, Boston took something out of Carolina in that series. They won it. But the the Carolina that played the Rangers in the next round looked nothing like the one. And the thing about the Eastern Conference, if they have to go play Toronto in one series, get through that, and it's just like Tampa last year, they had nothing left against Colorado who just breezed two sweeps in the first three rounds, and they just gunned them all series with their speed. That's a possibility, too, with an older Boston team. Here's, here's the thing. Know? I think that... The Islanders have a better chance against Boston than they would have against Carolina because the same things that are a problem for Boston are a problem for, for, the, for the Islanders. Boston's way better than we are. Let's be honest, way better. But of course. stylistically, very similar teams. Speed, aggression on the forecheck. That's why Carolina plays Boston really, really well straight up. The reason why Carolina lost to the Rangers, they were playing their third-string goalie. I mean, that's that's well, it was the Rangers power play and the number one penalty kill in the league just abandoned uh, Carolina at the worst time. But TJ, remember, I've always told you about you. I remember the we talked, I think it was two shows ago, but you seem confused. I talked about the scam that's bracket. Show. That's every show, every single Tuesday, every single Wednesday and Saturday, <laughs> Wednesday, night. Thursday, Saturday and Sunday. Grumpy. True. That's what you're looking for.
I talked about the scam bracket, the way to get to the finals in the scammiest route possible, meaning like avoid this, avoid this, avoid this. We in 2020 and people take this as a criticism. I hoped for this. I said, please let Philadelphia win that stupid play in so that we go up top and don't have to play Tampa or Boston. We got that. We, we, we played Philly after beating Washington. We had a scam bracket and eventually we met our maker uh, in the in the conference final. But what you need to secretly be hoping for as an Islander fan, if TJ can find himself to be one the rest of the season, apparently he doesn't want to be one. Um, But if he can find that, you want to pull for the Devils who are just just a little bit behind Carolina to take that, overtake them for that one seed, have them play the Rangers in the first round, and you need to catch Pittsburgh. And what you saw last night versus the Sabres is replicable against a team an inexperienced team like new jersey and then you get the winner of what is likely to be a seven game series between the rangers and carolina to play the winner of that i'm just telling you do i think it's like they're gonna go but that's the scam bracket avoiding the top half getting the devils in the first round just like we got the the two seed uh um florida panthers the year that we won with when tavares was still on the team an inexperienced team didn't do well with it in the playoffs there's an absolute chance with the goaltending in new jersey that could happen so you gotta hope that the devils go over carolina and that we get the wild card one that's the true scam way to finesse yourself through i don't think there's any I, way for I, us I, to I, finesse can i just say anything. one thing go ahead tj go ahead go ahead grumpy if it's gonna be quick i'm no, just giving ahead, you the ahead. scam i never do i think I just, it's likely I no I don't think I, I yeah, I was about to say I don't I don't even think even if things line up for us, I'm just not sure what type of success we'll have in the postseason. I mean, I, I watched last night's game. We are playing a trot style of hockey, and it's just we Why is that win. disappointing to you guys always. It, it's it's freaking boring to me. It's, it's okay, okay. Oh, so entertainment. I watch, I watch okay, I can team, understand. I want the team to be understand. entertained. I like watching sports because I get entertained by it. I like to have both. I like to be entertained okay. and to win. All right. I'm well, fine I, with well, that. That answers a lot of questions here because I think a lot of it. I guess I come from more of a hockey like mindset. Like I'm trying. I want to win the games. What do you mean the offense? I, I want to get to the highest percent chance of winning this game. Let me. I think that that's question. where a lot of this comes from. Like a I'm lot of the question. back and forth. You know. If. The San Jose Sharks played like we did. Would you say, man, I got to watch those San Jose Sharks today just from a purely hockey standpoint? I'm the wrong guy to ask. I watch the Minnesota Wild all the time because I'm jealous of how they play. They bring it every single night. They're fighting for first in the West. They've scored 15 goals in in 31 games, and they've almost won all of them. It was the most. That was the most. And by the way, where's where's everybody shitting on them? I don't see one person shitting on the Minnesota Wild anywhere. They score less than us. Just from a PR perspective, why is everyone not crucifying the Minnesota Wild? They score got, less than us. Yeah, TJ, go get that damn chart. Go they've get those scores up. They've got a superstar. Krill Kaprizov is a flat-out superstar in the league. We don't oh, yeah. anybody like that. I'm like, okay, Matt Barzal is our Krill Kaprizov, but he's nowhere near as good as Kaprizov is. It's like... I don't know. It's I've always been. It's really tough to ever win a Stanley Cup without a superstar or elite level talent. It's tough. You know, it's re- not it's impossible. Really, you can, you can be. Ha- it can happen, but it's really tough. And I'm like, Sorokin could stand on his head and make everything look like it's a beach ball that's coming in, and he could play fantastic hockey. But it's like that's what he's done all season long. But if you have any sort of mental lapse, any sort of you know issue with it, I, 
it's just really the, the margin for error is so thin with the way the team is currently structured. And it's like, I would rather be a team where it's like, hey, we can make a few mistakes, but I still feel confident we're going to win. I look okay. at it this way. I look at it this way. You mentioned why we're not bagging on the Minnesota Wild. It's not a Minnesota Wild podcast. Now, here's the thing, though. I didn't say you. I said people. Oh, okay. Like, I don't care about anybody else but us, honestly. So <laughs> I watched that Minnesota game. And, TJ, what was my takeaway from that Minnesota game? Wow, this is boring hockey. This is the most watch. boring game I've ever seen. They were just playing for shootout. That's what they were like, doing. Every, the whole game was in, was in uh, the, set, the neutral zone. The whole game, I'm like, this is insufferable. You, I mean – and maybe I'm just getting used to the high-flying kids playing nowadays since there's no interference, no grabbing, none of that stuff, a lot of smaller players. Maybe I'm buying into that now because it's more exciting. I don't, All I know is I'd much rather watch an Edmonton game than a Minnesota game as a non-fan. Now, as a fan of the Islanders, great. I mean, but you know your team, how they're perceived around the league when you see P.K. Subban, and Ryan and Ryan Callahan just absolutely bagging on the Islanders in an intermission of a game that they are playing. <laughs> TJ, do you have that video that I sent you? Well, I'll pull up. I'll pull up the picture. It was I thought it was some fans, and I want to ask Andy's opinion. Some fans were not happy at all about that. That little that I'd say the little skit they did. I thought two things. Number one, they won't have to worry about it because I can assure you after what the games we gave ESPN against the Flyers, that one, there we're not going to be scheduled for many next year. I'll tell you that right now. So it looks like ESPN's going to be happy. Isles fans are going to be happy. But this is actually what I was referring to. See that meme you got right there? Where's the Minnesota Wild meme? And you can't use Kaprizov. After this is after you you're done pulling this up. Would you mind, and I always think it's rude to ask people to pull things up, but if you have the time, would you mind pulling up the Minnesota Wilds schedule where it shows you just the results and whatnot? Uh, the goals, many of their goals of those 31 or whatever are, are shootout goals, so they're not even goals. Like last night they scored zero goals on their home, home ice for the enti entirety of the game and overtime. Where is the meme of P.K. Subban laughing? It doesn't exist. And when your team I, has that not, rep, you know, when your team has that rep in one year, years two, and years and years, that's one why year. that's why you get that. I'm gonna give let me yeah. let me tell you something. I want to give a whole lot of credit to Bill Gurren. I think he's gonna done a great job transitioning this team from where they were, and still, you know, still the salary is still the the dead cap money from Suter and Parise are still against that team every year. I think he's done a marvelous job as a GM. He's doing what he can. I mean, you know, it's like fighting with one hand tied behind your back. You have to get rid of Fiala. You have to cut all these side deals. The belief, like, as you guys have seen, the Islanders have mailed in endless performances the first 60% of this season. The level of effort has been, it's been, I've been, I've been thoroughly disgusted. I, I, true disgust. And when I see the wild play, there is a sense of belief and there's a dogged nature. Like what you saw from Hudson Fashing in his first 10 games, just fighting in every for every puck in every corner, which we weren't seeing from the veterans, you were seeing up and down this whole wild lineup. And I was just impressed that a team with no spare parts and a, a player or two 
are getting these type of results and and never quit and people say oh that style is unsustainable style is unsustainable all right that's to be seen but one team is fighting for the number one spot in the west and the other teams that you know ignore that type of philosophy are on the outside looking in for the most part the top defenses are all going to be making the playoffs the top offenses not all going to be making the playoffs it's funny we look at the bottom third of the nhl and goals scored the only two teams that have a chance the only two teams that probably will make the playoffs and i'll say now with the islanders probably is the islanders in the wild other than that, it's it's always good to say, hey, great, we're top half and we're top half and both, right? You know, that's the ideal scenario. But that that 2.9 goals scored per game, that's the Islanders who have scored more goals per game on average in the Minnesota Wild sitting at 2.7. So just again, back up with Andy saying there, 2.7 goals on average per game scored for the Minnesota Wild. But they're not lingerers like the Isles. They're fighting for number one in the Western Conference. I think the West. Like they're, uh, not, they're not fringe wildcard team. Maybe because well, the West. I don't think the West is that good yes. as a conference. Colorado's taking a oh, big what are you step looking back. at, TJ? What, what what am I seeing on this? Screen? He's just looking oh. at goals per game. You're looking goals so, per game. You wanted to bring so it to scroll up. So the Senators are right there. They have like a dynamic offense. I'm just saying when you're looking at the teams that are all in the playoffs, right? The Oilers are going to be in the playoffs. The Bruins, yeah. the Steelers probably won't. They the won't. Devils, the Kraken, the Lightning, the Panthers probably won't. Toronto, Carolina, the Kings will. The Stars will. Vancouver won't. Okay, yeah, well, look I, at that top 10. That top 10, or, or even even say the top 12, you're going to get a couple teams not in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to the bottom third of the list, it's pretty much every team's not. More teams not than are. Well, Black the opposite thing. No, well, you're supposed to take this chart and then do the opposite with the defensive teams. How many teams in the top? Like, I bet you every good defensive team is essentially in the playoffs for for goals against. Yeah, when you don't let goals in, and you know. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Look at that. You see now, you really just now you, you you're eating it live. Look at these teams. Look at the true powerhouses. What do they do? Keep pucks out of their net. They score a shit ton of goals and keep no, but no, you just flipped the other one and saw multiple non-playoff teams. Look at these teams that you're seeing who keep pucks out of their net. Stop, stop, stop. No, what's more important is the goals against. You're seeing teams who keep pucks out of their net, but all the stacked teams are on this list. The other way, you're seeing Canucks up there. You're seeing Carnies up there, non-playoff caliber teams. Well, but when you keep pucks out of your net, you're making the playoffs. What T- yeah. I 100% agree with you. But what TJ, what you should have done was start at the top of the list, not at the bottom and scroll up. You just should have started at the top with the goals per game and then done your thing. Oilers make – okay, wait. No, no you're starting at you the bottom to- again. Start at the top. Well, me Oilers will make the playoffs. Dude, what are you doing? Goals oh, so you want me to go goals, goals for game. Goal for game. Start at the top. Roll to the top. Okay. Edmonton, the Bruins, the Sabres teams. Bruins, playoff teams. Sabres, no. Devils, yes. Lightning, yes. Kraken, Kraken yes. yes. Hurricane, yes. yes. Leafs, yes. Leafs, yes. Panthers, uh, probably no. People, you heard it here first. The last team outside of the top eight that has a shot to make the playoffs in the East are the Florida Panthers. That's it. All the rest are done, dusted, buried. I'm telling you right now. Everyone else is done. Ottawa's schedule's too tough. Florida Panthers still have a chance to catch us, yeah. even though it's a small one. Stars make the playoffs. Hold yeah, on. Why is it small? Why is this, Aren't they not far behind us? They're, they're four points they, behind four with points one behind game, in hand. game in hand. But, again, their defense isn't good enough, and their goal is spotty. That's, that's so funny. Like, that's 
that's another little microcosm of proving my point. Panthers aren't getting in because of their defense. Buffalo's not getting in because of their defense. Ottawa's not getting in because of their defense. Islanders are probably getting in because of their defense. That's the way to win. And of the top well, you know, it's, it's, it's a way to make the, the playoffs. Thirteen teams are going to make the playoffs for goals scored. It's a way to make the playoffs, but it's not the way to win because you have to have you have to be able to put the buck in the net. You're not going to beat. Okay, you look at Boston. I think they have the best defensive record in the team, second best offensive record in the in the, in the the league. Yeah, they're fantastic. I mean, they're by far the best defensive team this year. Everyone else is way down the list. I mean, they're just Carolina. What are you talking about? Carolina will go shot for shot with any team in the league. Their metrics are top in the NHL. Look at goals against. I'm talking about goals. That, against. That's what you're using goals no, against. I'm, what I'm saying, yeah, yeah, because you know what. You have to give. You have to score goals and give up less goals. That's why I always look at that first. Look at their goals against. Carolina second, but I almost want to say, can you click on that, TJ? Yeah. Goals against again. Yeah. They're like point three goals a game better than anyone else in the league. Yeah, the I mean, that's like it's like night and day. Night so and day. Here's exactly why that stat is going to be not exactly what you're trying to illustrate that they're better. They're getting the Vezina caliber goaltending and that puts them there. The Islanders are fourth on this list. They're one of the, up until recently, worst defensive teams in the league. Sorokin is single-handedly putting them on this list. So yeah. by your metrics, the Islanders are a top five defensive team this year. That's a joke. They're a bottom five in terms of how they've played defensively. You can't cons take a goalie robbing players as part of a team's defense that's the problem, ludicrous the, the, the problem Bruins, with the islanders wasn't that we're not letting you know we're letting too many goals in it's that we're not scoring enough goals that's the problem and it, it, like every it, game our goaltender is fantastic he's a top three net miner in the nhl i say top five no debate but I, I consider him top three he's fantastic but look at okay if you want to compare the bruins with the islanders Look at the goals for it's almost a goal a game difference. I'm not comparing. You know, what I'm trying to do is stay on the point. You have one guy, the favorite for Vezina is, <clears throat> is on that top team. So yeah. to say that's why they're that much better defensively than Cal okay, put the Vezina winner on the Hurricanes. Bet you they're gonna flip-flop places. Like it's, it I'm just saying matter. that that's ludicrous. For that Boston, point. it doesn't matter who the goaltender is, they're rock solid defensively. They're uh, let me tell you something. I've been watching Boston games, they are by now here's the thing injuries happen i remember 2011 vancouver canucks team was the best in the league injuries devastated them they lost to boston in the, in the finals game seven barring injuries there's no way boston should lose this year no way they should should you're correct That's they're right. favorites to win right they should the, win yes the, should is the, an interesting the word though Things one team happen. the one team that boston should worry about are the hurricanes of course. That's the one team they should worry about because the, the same issues that we have with the Hurricanes, Boston to a lesser extent does. I can't remember the last time Boston's beaten Carolina in Raleigh. I cannot remember it. They've just been that good against the Bruins in Carolina. Yeah. And even in because even when you look at that series last year, it's like the Boston games, some of them were, were up for grabs. The Carolina games, it was just beatings every single time. Yeah. Um, and definitely like it, that it's murderers row up there. Uh, and I know everybody wants to discount Toronto, but bringing in a guy like we watched that game, they played well in the playoffs. It was no, they did not mail in the get like those were close games. And to bring in a guy like O'Reilly, I'm not just going to, 
I'm not going to do that though. thing where we, where we, I know for a month, but that, that should still give them time before the playoffs. You can't just say, cause you hate them that they're not going to, they have a chance of doing well. You know, I would pick them. I would pick them to beat Tampa this year. And then how they do against Boston, that's a whole nother thing. Because now that's weird, right? Because think about that. Now you get through Tampa. You get through the three-time Stanley, you know, the three-time reps of the East. You think you're going into that Boston series with just a different level of confidence after getting that monkey off your back? It's just weird. It's weird. Playoffs, you know, TJ, weird stuff my, happens. Who was my Stanley Cup finalist from the East this year? Do you remember? Who was my dark oh, before horse? the season? Yeah. You said Toronto from the start. You yeah. said Toronto in the off season this last year. Said I, I felt Toronto before that was before Boston, though. You got See, a shot. I'm, you have a shot. You have a I, shot. Yeah, I just for me, it's Boston. It's Boston's to lose. It yes. really is. It's Boston. Now injuries, of course, are a big thing, but I just love how they fortified their defense in their bottom six. I think yeah. I think uh, the GM Sweeney did a great job at the deadline. <laughs> that whole thing that we tried to do, hey, we're going to keep elements of Trotz's defense and we're going to open up the offense. Well, they did keep the elements of Cassidy's defense and they opened up the offense. They stole our season <laughs> in terms of well, the they're plans. Just better than we are, though. I mean, they have better players. I mean, Bergeron, Marchant, Krejci, uh, Pasternak. Uh, Hall, they're all better than any of our guys. If I pull, if I asked you that in August and I said, Hey, David Krejci's coming back from the Czech Republic at 38, 39, how's he gonna do? You'll be like, I don't know. I thought Um, that was a, I thought, see, no, I'm gonna disagree with you there because I thought that was a big pickup for them. And signing Bergeron back, I said, Marchant's gonna be right there. Pasternak, uh, I'm not super sold on Hall to be honest with you, but. I thought when when Krejci came back, that gave him two that gave him two lines. So look, and, I agree with you, but just know that this is against your own philosophy of hating teams that are constructed around guys in their thirties. I agree. At least admit that. At yeah, least but admit here's the thing. that. But what I've always said is, if you have if all you have really 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 good players who are older, that's when you're all in. If your guys who are thirty are just ham and eggers, I'm not all in for that. That and Boston that's the team. That Boston team, I mean, what a look at all the teams who win cups. There's always an element of most of them have about two or three Hall of Fame caliber players on that team. That Boston team probably has about two or three Hall of Fame caliber players, depending on what happens with their careers. Like Bergeron, right? First ballot. We would assume Bergeron's going to make the Hall of Fame. Marshawn. Well, I, I wonder. I wonder Marshawn's if absolutely a Hall of Fame player. I wonder if the the on the ice antics get him in trouble. David Pasternak's on a on, on still averaging over a point a game with 588 career points, and he's 26 years old. He's That's a guy if he plays a long time who could maybe make the Hall of Fame. Like guys like that that are in the prime of their career, Hall of Fame caliber talent. What I think you're saying though is just kind of arbitrary. Like there's no, like you know when you look at Stanley Cup winners, there tends to be a stick. Sure. You got to guess. What about the 2004 Lightning? Yes, in retrospect, you can say LeCavalier, Brad Richard, but at the time, you wouldn't have said, you would have said they have none. Dave Anderjack made the Hall of Fame too, right? Oh, yeah. They did have the bones of Dave Andrychuk playing. Yes, they did. They <laughs> but did. they had Marty St. Louis, who was really, really good at the time. I mean, you could see guys who were on that trajectory. I'm not saying they're all going to make Hall of Fame. Charlie McAvoy, right? If he plays at this level for another, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten years, you're, he's going to be in that conversation. He's a really good 
number one defenseman. We really? do have one player that could make the Hall of Fame. Phil Sachs was telling me yesterday, Zach Parise. And I was like, I don't know. You From have to win something. He's never been I, to me. Zach Parise's in the hole of very good. It's like not it's like Bill Guerin. Bill Guerin. I did not know. I look back and I'm like, holy shit! I forgot how many points Bill Guerin amassed in his career in the NHL. I was like, holy shit! Bill he would score a, a ton of, of goals. Played on a couple big teams. He he played on a, a Bruins team that was one of the most stacked teams ever. There's so many stacked teams that just get forgotten about. It was when they had. Uh, Jason Allison on the top line. They had a uh, Garen Murray. Uh, did they... Was this before or after the Thornton trade? They they were the one seed and lost to Jose Teodor and the eight seed when he stood on his head. It was a, it was a it was a crazy team. But I believe he scored like forty one goals when goals were not easy to come by. But I was never I, I was never impressed by Bill Garen ever. See, ever. I always liked Bill Garen from when he was with the Devils. But he's not a Hall of Fame player. To me, he's not. He's a Hall of Very Good player. He's not a Hall of Famer. You should be really, really special to make the Hall of Fame. I don't even want to get into the conversation of the watered-down Hall of Fame. Joe Thornton Thornton was on that team, and so was Samsonoff on that team, too. Yeah. Yeah. Rolston was 62 points that season. Yeah, Rolston, I think he played on, like, the third (laughs) line. I remember he scored a bunch of shorthanded goals that year. Who was the goalie? Who was the goalie? Hold on. Foe was it? Oh. Oh, Maybe he's the backup. I I wouldn't have got that one. No, he was the starter. Who yeah, was Byron, Byron Defoe? There you go. That's why you don't win. Byron freaking Defoe. You have to have good. The Blackhawks won with that. Ray Emmer. Not Ray Emmer. Who is that freak? No, they did. Who is the freak who won that first cup for for uh, they had to use him? Um, Oof. not Cro- Crawford. Not Crawford. They won a cup splitting time. Who was that? So I, many. Oh my God, I forgot it. I'm going to say split. the only exception, the only exception to the great goalie rule was Chicago with Corey Crawford. He was good. I guess you must have not watched the Stanley Cup Finals last year. He was good. He was good. He was not great. He was never a great goalie. Good goalie, but not a great I said, goalie. I guess you must not have watched the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Vasilevsky um, got outdueled by who? Who? Spare uh, parts. It's, it's, okay, to me, to me, Tampa Bay was just toast at that point. They had Colorado so many the injuries. They had so many injuries. If they had, if they had even one or two guys, one or two guys back offensively, they beat Colorado. Why did they have so many injuries? Was it a gauntlet that they had to go through that maybe Boston will have to go through as they're waiting for a Western Conference moonwalking team who plays no physical series for three straight? I'm going to say it's the fact that they played what three straight full years, including playoffs. It kind of wears you down. It kind of wears you down. I think Hewitt were the two goalies there. Antony Yemi and Cristobal Hewitt. Yeah, Cristobal Hewitt. That was it. Yeah, they rotated. That's That's why teams don't win. We have a goaltender. What do you mean? They won. They won the cup. They won that year. We have a goaltender on this team who's good enough to win a Stanley Cup. We just don't have the ancillary pieces. And also, philosophically, you know what's really funny? We'll we'll go to your world, TJ. Cue the NFL primetime music. (laughs) Having Sorokin and wanting an offensive team is like having a a quarterback who has the deepest arm in the league and running a check-down offense. You cater around your – he is our best player. He's our – so cater the team around him. If you have a goalie who's your best player – 
hate to sound like the devil's approach with Brodeur, why are we trying to say, well, now we can sacrifice on the back end to try to score opposed to fortify around the best player, which is the goalie. It's like saying we've got a good defense, but in order to make sure our defense doesn't stay on the field, we're going to run the ball and run all 35 seconds off that play clock, and we're going to alter the way we play offensively and not try to air it out because we need to make sure our defense stays well rested. That does it. Like I never, I never like like I, you a Giants? Are you a Giants fan, Andy? Are you a New York? No. New York? Oh. I uh, because I didn't watch when I was very young. Once I started. I think I've told you this before. I refuse to declare allegiance to a team because I believe it's like watching a movie when you're a kid. If you watch a Christmas story when you're a kid, it will always have a different piece. You can watch it as an adult and it has that feeling. You don't watch Christmas story as an adult. You don't you don't move to a town and say, oh, you know what? I like the Seattle Kraken as a 31 year old man. No, either you declare it as a child or you miss the boat. (laughs) God, people ain't going to like that one. I just want to touch just, just touch on what Andy said. You want to know why they changed the system when Sorokin was in net to try to get more scoring? Because the other way didn't work. As good, I mean, our defense was really, really good under Barry Trotz, particularly in, you know, 18, 19, 20, right? Or whatever, whatever the years were. Really, really good. And you know what? We weren't good enough. Could not get over the hump. That's that, and, but that, that's, that's why, but that, but that's why teams change up. Getting I mean, over the hump means okay, we can't even come close. There are teams that would die to be in that position where if one puck bounce goes your way, like this is hockey. This is not some sort of. It's not like it's the Yankees trying to play. Who keeps waxing them in the playoffs? Houston, every Houston year. Astros. Yeah, yeah, it's different. Like if, if Tampa just North. swept us both years in a row, like it's shown you three years after all the failures beforehand, one provides, one gets you that close. So rather than tinker with that, like they're doing in Carolina year after year, do you think they're just mailing it in saying, let's just change everything because we lost a game seven on power play goals to the Rangers? No, when you're sniffing around the edges, you just need that thing to to crack you. You don't change everything. What I've never understood about New York fans specifically, if the Yankees and the Mets don't make the postseason, the fans are flipping a fuck. They are pissed off to all belief because the expectation is bare minimum we're a top eight team. What did they expand it to eight or is it ten now, Grump? Remind me, or Andy, you might know too with the MLB. I haven't watched baseball in fifteen I want, years. I think it's like most million games, so I think it's ten now. Seven, I don't know what it is. Seventeen. It's, it's, I, don't I think know. it's ten now. Um, but if you don't make the postseason, we're flipping shit. And it's like, oh, if we if we make the postseason, because this is a question I wanted to ask: What is a success of a season this year? I don't think it's successful just to make the postseason. I don't no. think it's successful if you say, oh, we won one or two games or we took Boston to seven or, oh, we beat Boston no. and got bounced in the next round. Because that's the next question. What do we consider a success? And what's the difference between being on a treadmill of mediocrity and what's success? For me, it was the two or three seed where you're currently seeing the Devils or the Rangers. That's what I would have deemed a success this year. Not just trickling into a wild card, proving that the team deserved another chance just like Boston and Vegas and that they would they would earn their way back in because they all came so close they would have that desire to get right back there and I wasn't expecting a division win but if they can find that two or three seed I would have been happy I was probably lower than UT when I saw how they were playing I would have bet a lot of money on them not making the playoffs uh 
not actually. I'm just, I mean, hey, I actually it's just still not over yet, Andy. You can still go ahead. No, no. But the thing is, it's because they didn't play like they're playing now. Bingo. For me, until two weeks ago, I was like, they're not making the playoffs. They went back to playing rock solid defense and they're playing this, the teams from, like, I, I like to call it the, uh, uh, the saucer game of shit or suck. They're all the same. But the whole thing is, as I've said weeks and weeks ago on this show, whichever team got hot out of the little the group of suck teams, which we're part of, those teams are going to make the playoffs. And one by one, you see them dropping off, dropping off, dropping off. Who's playing the best? The Islanders. And that's why I said on Saturday, I said, I'm guaranteeing we're making the playoffs. And we've seen that change of style at play stylistically within the last week and a half, two weeks. That's why I'm like, Islanders are going. I can almost tell you which games are going to win and lose. You want to know the benchmark games? When we play Carolina, Tampa, Toronto, Jersey. How do we look in those games coming up? Yeah, I expect us to beat the crap teams. How are we going to look when we're matching up against those teams? I realize it's still regular season. But if we get doors blown and we can't keep up with Carolina or Toronto – I think that's a harbinger of what's going to happen to players. Well, who I really go to when I'm trying to figure out who's going to win games, Grumpy. Now, are you aware that Andy Francis, he does. Remember when last year on the postseason, he started doing some pick <laughs> selections on hockey games. Do you remember this, Grumpy? I don't know, but there's some hideous looking face on it looks like currency. <laughs> yes, Andy, I'm telling you, Andy, do you remember Chris, Grumpy? Do you remember Chris that works with Sun X? Chris, yeah, Chris that works with Sun X, my pal yeah. Chris. Chris knew not. Chris does not know a thing about hockey, but found out who Andy was simply because of how accurate he was on these hockey picks. Now Andy does this consistently. I, I wanted to ask. I know we're only about fifty-two minutes in. I wanted to ask a little bit, not derailing the conversation, Andy, but I wanted to ask. I figured it was a good segue in talking about yeah. who to select, who how we can pick, who who the Islanders are winning, who they're losing to, etc. Well, the Islanders, so last night, I went with the under six and a half goals against the Sabres. Your average person, they see that, they go, oh, the Sabres, they, they're on the road, dynamic offense. But the way the Islanders' defense has been playing, I do not care what team was going in that building. I knew that, <laughs> that the Islanders are not pushing forward a lot to score a lot. So either they'll probably lose a low-scoring game or they'll find a way to, to, to gut it out. And if this was... If this was the previous iteration, I just would have straight up, sorry, Isles fans, I would have bet against the Islanders, <laughs> against the Minnesota Wild, who I'd been watching a ton of. I'm like, I put that one out for Isles fans online, and they're probably not happy about this one. And I was technically wrong, even though the bet won. Both teams under four and a half goals with the Minnesota Wild to win. When I watched that game, the Islanders deserved to win, but they lost in a shootout. So technically, if what should have happened happened, I would have lost, but the Isles lost that one, and the bet ended up being right. But it, it all, you know, there's a whole bunch of factors that go into it, but I will say this. Since I started last April, the year run that I'm on is astronomical. The thing that you're looking at right here, if it wasn't so good, I wouldn't be able to charge. And uh, it is, it's been quite a blessing. Let's just say that. I was about to say, Grumpy, I see these pictures where he'll pick up beforehand. I'm like, how the it's just like, I don't know, like I've done like occasionally going like an ESPN and you kind of pick, like, oh, yeah, this team will win, that team will win. But it's like a line of it. Like you, they talk about the parlays, Grumpy, and the ad that we'll read here in a second. But I'm like, this son of a gun is putting together these parlays with like multiple game parlays where he's picking six or seven or eight teams and he'll get them right. I'm like, how the fuck? 
Well, <laughs> you know, maybe, just maybe, if I tell you guys a thing or two, maybe it should have a little credibility with you. Oh, That's all I said. There. God damn it. No. Now we're going to go. See, he's like this. And the, you know how, you know how many grumpies I've had that, that think that, oh, I know the game. Grumpy, here's the truth of the matter. I would, and I'm, you know I like you, but I'm going to be honest. I would absolutely obliterate you to the point you wouldn't even want to be on the air if you had to go back and forth like me and you put in bets every day do you know how many people are signed up for this it ain't because i pick wrong so i'm gonna allow you to just spare yourself getting involved with something like this because you're gonna undo whatever reputation you've earned on here a fool and his money are soon parted that's why you never see me gambling i'm not taking why would i take an unnecessary risk where i have no input i have to depend on somebody else to perform Stop. That's actually now, the perfect grumpy take. Well, well here's the thing. <laughs> I agree. Now, I here's agree. the thing. Last night's game, you said, you know, under six, whatever it was, six and a half. Yeah. I would have added Buffalo coming off the second half of a back-to-back after skating a million. I mean, they, to me, Buffalo had no legs yesterday, just none. If you watched how they played us the previous game where they just outskated us, they were just gassed. They were gassed. Yet it was a tie game in the third period. What is you know, that says I, more about that says more about us than it does about them. They have one of the best road records in the league. True. It's just the I agree with you. I said, look, I, I on the video from yesterday, I said, look, I want to pick the aisles. I do, but I'd rather just take the safer play and go and go with the under six and a half, in my opinion. And also people get a little jaded when I say the word islanders because they think I secretly maybe want to pick them. Like they think maybe that I uh I will only take them, but one time that I lost bad was I was certain they were losing that game in Pittsburgh, the one where they could have been down by eight goals yes. and, uh, and they ended up winning. And that's just one, like they're not pleased when stuff like that happens. But um, that was one, like, trust me, there's swing the game in Winnipeg. I'm like, Oh, we just beat Winnipeg on our home ice. And now it's the classic home and home. We're about to get waxed by Winnipeg. And that game, when I watched, I'm like, well, that's what, what I team thought. Too. Did I just watch up there? That's exactly what I thought going into because they got like rolled. Killed. They got rolled the night before, two nights before by Colorado, I believe. King. And I'm like, they're going to bounce back. Now, of course, they were oh, on a yeah, one yeah. seven and one streak, and they continued to tumble for a couple of games after that. Seems like they've righted the ship a little bit now. But I, I 100% agree with you, TJ. Before you go into the ad read, um, is there another podcast that you want to talk about, perhaps? Well, yes, yes, Grumpy. It's only an hour in, but there are a few podcasts, Grumpy. Well, first off, if you're new to the show, I'm not going to go through that spiel. But, A, if you like the show, you like the content, leave a thumbs up, subscribe. You know the deal, the works. Uh, Also, you can catch us on tomorrow's show on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It's in the link. You can also find all this stuff is in the link in the description below, the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. You can find Andy Francis's Patreon. If you're a better, you're a gambler. That's good to have. No, no, no. There's, there's, there's free. There's free. Just uh, on, on Odd Shopper. I, I do. That's for people who want more picks, extra picks. I, I would not make you pay for, for that stuff. That's for people they demanded more. So then I charged them. Um, (laughs) For people, I'm not kidding. Know the odds on every single game because they cannot go a day without betting on on NHL games. TJ, that's where you go. So when you know that world, here's the thing. I know. I don't. That's why I don't. I call them zombies. Right to that. I'm like, you guys are you guys are zombies. Here's the thing. (laughs) Don't worry, fans. Don't worry, boys and girls. 
When you dial that Andy one nine seven six Andy Francis, and you find that little charge on your phone card bill the next month, don't be scared. Just pay it because he's giving you free stuff. It's just the phone call that you have to pay for. TJ, <laughs> can you Google "ravishing Rick Rude" hotline? That's gonna be my flyer. Wait, till, wait till you see this. Oh God! Let me see here. Well, why don't you? I could spell. Um, yes, but we do have a podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It's an all-sports podcast that takes place every single Thursday and every single Sunday. Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We talk anything and everything sports with myself, Grumpy, and Son X. We talk NHL, NBA, NFL, college athletics. Hey, March Madness is on the way. And much, much more. And fan fights. So, you know, you got to make sure that you got, you know, we usually get those age-restricted now because, hey, if anybody punches somebody else hey it's immediately age restricted anyway make that's sure it's it so appealing though to me seeing yes. guys get knocked cold that's appealing to me oh god <laughs> but make what sure. the hell are you guys doing why, what show do you, you guys have now why would you not want to watch a fan fight unless somebody's knocked unconscious oh goodness gracious what you guys are doing fan fights what oh miss? Yeah, it's great it's great fan fights are fantastic it used, to, it used to be good, but now YouTube age restricts every single video. But it first started, I don't remember if you remember that viral video. We're allowed to curse. We're allowed to curse, but let somebody get hit in the face, restriction. Yeah, I, it I was it was at San Diego Padres game where that guy who was just obliterated came up and smacked another guy in the face, and that started. No, that's not fight. the hotline. You got to oh. get the hot. There's a phone, like there's a phone hotline where they charge you, and he's, he's essentially has that pose. That's pretty funny. Um, so he's dead. He's dead. He's been the whole dead generation of him is dead. He's been dead for a yeah. long time. I accidentally you, I hit back on the wrong tab. It's all right. <laughs> well, why don't all you right. do the ad read, TJ? Okay, let me bounce. What the heck? Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Today, DraftKings podcast. Yes, is brought to you by DraftKings. Let me pull that grump because just rushing. Why not? Well, I can tell you a little bit about DraftKings. This is a great place you want to go. If you want to bet the NHL, you got same game parlays. So if you did like the Islanders and you did want to combine them with the over and under, you can do it, but you can even add goals. So if you're a little scared, I don't know, it's going to go over under six and a half. Maybe you can do under seven and a half, combine it with the Islanders, juice your odds up. You can get all sorts of good same game parlays in there. And I'm not kidding. I actually take these. I'm not one of these people just reading things left and right. I do it on a nightly basis, and I got the screenshots on Twitter to prove it. How's that? How's that for your lead-in, TJ? It's perfect. It's given me enough time as well. NBA fans, I know we have a lot of NBA fans who listen to this show. It's time to bring the hoop action to the palm of your hand with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet $5 and win $200 in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and big keyword and Existing customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every day. Go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today and opt in and place a same-game parlay on any NBA game. And if it doesn't hit, you'll get your free bet back. Download the app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on any NBA game and get $200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Again, with promo code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. It's void in Ohio. See the show notes in the description for additional details. I am so glad that they let you say that as opposed to you trying to read off all those things that you could never do. You don't you remember take- Hope Ho Penny? 
Grumpy? No, that's right. Yeah, Hope N. Yeah, Hope NY. Oh, so hold gosh. on. This Rick Ravishing guy. Ravishing Rick. It's ravish, not Rick Ravishing. It's Ravishing Rick Rude. He's supposed to have a phone line. No. They used to have. <laughs> oh, shit. Here it is. No, here it is, Grumpy. Okay, I've got it. I've got it. I was like, I could not find that anywhere, but I think I've located this. Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, shit. I keep screwing it up. I'll get it pulled up here in a second. Okay, perfect. Pull it up. Well, holy shit. You're muted, Andy. You're muted. Oh. I called TJ, ITTJ, like to, to uh, commend wow. his abilities with technological advancements or lack thereof. He goes, what do you mean, ITTJ? <laughs> there he is. But I was dying laughing as TJ goes, who is this Rick Ravishing guy? Yeah, that's my that's my phone. You want you want picks? Call me at that number. You'll get uh, you'll get some nice rude picks. One nine hundred. That's real, by the way. That's not a fake thing. You could call Ravishing Rick Rude in the nineties, and I guess he would give you a, a rude wake up call. Yeah. Gracious. <laughs> yeah. What? How oh. times have changed, man. It really hasn't been that long. You're talking about a few decades. You called Ravishing Rick Rude and got charged money, and here we are in three different locations talking New York Islanders, and there's such a thing called the wild card. Yeah, there it is. Okay, it, yeah. By the way, I'm just going to let everybody know this ahead of time. I've lost comments when I hit back and went ahead and left the screen. Ah! There are comments that just won't be found they're probably all the nice ones they're probably ones from those members that uh what is that facebook group grumpa Isles misery rated r or something but those yeah. are probably all gone that's always the complimentary case. of grumpy is gone it's lost in the ether so sorry I feel like guys. you guys aren't that miserable <laughs> i feel like you guys no, i'm not kidding you guys don't seem that miserable today I, at least i'm happy because the islanders are winning tj well not so much here's the thing it's, tj's it's, more it's, upset that his take was wrong i just tell him Know your role. Shut your huh. mouth, as the Rock would say. <laughs> what and I'm upset about is look at all these teams who give up first-round pick after first-round pick year after year. It's not something that pans out long-term. The unfortunate part is most of those teams that give up those first-round picks for four or five years in a row come away with a Stanley Cup. We won't have that, but we're going to have the rebuild that accompanies that huge run. Do you want to know the thing that drives me the most crazy? What's this is the thing that drives me absolutely insane when any fan base says this any fan base not just the islanders but i've heard islander fans saying it well if you make the playoffs anything can happen oh man you're not kidding i hate that now shit. that is technically true but let's say in life for instance and you know you want to ask a girl to marry her and you know she's not really <laughs> sure and she says well, I asked her to marry, but you know what? Anything could happen. Or how about this? You're trying to close a business deal. You're getting prepped for for, for, for talking to your client. And, and your boss is like, hey, what do we think about closing? What do we think about closing again? The Glenn Glary, Glenn Ross deal. Anything can happen. It's just yeah. like, come on. They're not going to be happy at that. I would say, all right, anything can happen. But what do you what do you think the odds are of the Islanders winning a standing? Well, cup? I can tell you what the odds are, and they're not good. I'll tell you that. <laughs> I would say honestly, I would say the odds of the Islanders winning, percentage wise, of the Islanders winning a Stanley Cup, I want to say is five percent, maybe that five. Is, I think that that's is high. Optimistic, yeah. It is optimistic, but 
you know, where I, but I mean, that's why I'm saying what people say, anything can happen while true probability is it's not going to happen. You so, have to tell this to people. People really need to hear that. Uh, yes. Fans are do. out there thinking, yes, if we get matched up against Boston, anything can happen. Look at, look at what the Columbus blue jackets did yeah. against a Tampa Bay lightning. They'll use them as a precursor as if that ended. And then, and then, and then just disregard how they got absolutely waxed in the next round. Exactly. That's the whole thing matter. we're talking about. You have to do it multiple rounds. Most fans. That's their not- example. The team who got eliminated in the second round of the playoffs. Yes. 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 I'm so like, St. Louis went from worst team in the league on January 1st to winning a Stanley Cup. You know, another, oh, that was another God. misnomer, but yeah, know. it's so fake. The way, oh, if if you can transport the Islanders right now into the Western Conference away from Colorado's bracket and give me some of those teams down there, give, give me the Kings. I know the Kings are good, but these are beatable teams. You play these types of teams in two straight rounds, not, not very physical series. Yeah, you have to go through murderer's row to make it out of the East. Or as long as we don't have to play Minnesota in the West because we're Minnesota's bitches as well. Good gracious. I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Islander fans, when you watch those Minnesota games that they beat us, I thought we outplayed Minnesota in both games. Yeah. We came away with losses. That's how most fan bases feel when they play you. When we play the Islanders and, and when somebody else plays out and dominates them possessionally, everything else, and come away with a loss, that's how those fans feel. Just telling you. I, maybe, maybe, I mean, look, I'm fully with you, man. The Islanders got so outplayed for the majority of this season. I thought they looked flat in so many games. But like what you saw last night, you saw a frustrated Buffalo team clearly get outchanced because they go. took risks, unnecessary risks. And they were giving up multiple odd man rushes the other way. And their like, defense is I, fucking is freaking horrible. M- Monday night against Edmonton, Owen Power turned the puck over four times on one shift. He couldn't get out of his own zone. He's the only guy out back there, and he keeps turning the puck over. I- I've never seen a kid so unprepared to play in the NHL. And it's like, now I know why they didn't do anything. They said, you know what? We're going to ride it out with Owen Power. You know, let him take his lumps now, and he'll be better for it next year. That's why they made new moves at the deadline. What's your guys' take on uh, talk about like the Rangers at all and what what they chose to do? Uh, Not address any of the defensive matter. issues they have. I'm like, yeah, Rangers aren't good enough. Not good enough. Now, I think we got to see. I think a Devils Rangers series would be really entertaining. I think it'd be entertaining, but the Rangers aren't going anywhere. They are the they are the sixth team. Are the top six teams in the in the in the? Uh, I mean, we do have conference. to see them with that. They were they are missing two defensemen and dressed five defensemen because of the cap. We haven't yeah. seen this team without Keandre Miller back and without Lindgren. I mean, those are two of their main defensemen. Maybe he should learn so, how to keep his bodily fluids in his body during the game. Yeah, gross. I mean, <laughs> gross. I'm just saying. Uh, I'm I, I'm interested because I get what they did. They got Cop and Vetrano last year. That shit almost got that. Like those moves were critical, and those players played very well in the playoffs. So they're like, okay, with our salary cap, we can only do rentals. Instead of Cop and Vetrano, they're bringing Kane and Tarasenko. In their mind, I could see what they were doing. But what what did they do? They weakened their back six, or their. I mean, Not they really. could they could certainly stretch it out, but. Vetrano and Cop 
brought them some grit, which they needed. You need grit to win a Stanley Cup. You can't just be all skill. You can't be. And I think that's a trade-off that I don't like. And we did kind of just write off the ultimate equalizer if he just turns it on in Shesterkin. Like we're talking about one of the yeah. best seasons of all time last year. What if he plays up to his caliber that we started that we saw in a couple of the rounds last year? We do have a theory. We do have a theory, and it's been well, a theory out. that has been given to us. So that has been I, the knowledge that has been passed to us, Grumpy. Yes, yeah. that when players get married or have children in the season, year they suck. They suck because their head's not where it needs to be. Not what on are you ice. guys saying? What are you guys saying? We're saying when you have when you don't get married <laughs> and don't have children. Like I can, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Um, TJ, can you look up and see if Sidney Crosby is married? Let me see here. I've never heard a single word about him nope. being with anybody. I've never heard about his kids coming to the rink. He is married. Kathy. Wow. I don't want to know. You know, peeking it was into probably people's probably the year ah, that they ah. lost to Washington. He probably got married the year they lost to Washington, so they won a cup. <laughs> if I was betting. Oh man! And they haven't won a series since. They, they got married and he never since. won a series again. There you go. Oh God! I'm gonna let you guys say it because if I say that, oh, oh, look, he's the jaded, unmarried guy talking. But if you guys say it, that's that's a whole different ball game. This, this someone has done a scientific study on this and let us know. So a lot of times with the it. kids too. So I'm like, oof. So once we've, you have a kid, we've been like tracking that. this. We've absolutely been tracking this, and they're not wrong. Now no, you guys, you guys broken, are happy fathers. Don't have any kids anytime soon. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Let me ask you this: we we had kind of talked a little bit about the trade deadline because we're going to get to some comments. I've been starring a few here, the ones I didn't lose. Um, but uh, at the trade deadline, we made the move. Obviously, you know, two weeks before that for Bo Horvat, signed him back. Then we go ahead and add Engvall um, to you know for a third round pick. Not too much more after that. I mean, how did you feel at the trade deadline? Did you would you rather if the team had sold pieces that were on expiring deals like your Parises, your Varlamovs, et cetera, add or stand pat? The way they were playing at that point, we didn't see this rejuvenated defensive effort. If I would have seen this, I would have been more okay with the route that they went at the time. Prob I'm guessing that you guys felt this way too. I was like, what are you guys doing out here? Like, what, what is going on here? Because you had a mountain to climb to make the playoffs. A lot of things that ended up happening happened. But when you're looking at the probability of that ahead of time, it's like, my God. I thought Varlamov was a no-brainer. Because if he's going to be gone and he's got a few games left that he's going to play, yeah. like if, if, if someone – this is what I said the other night. Like, if someone wanted to make the case – to not trade Mayfield, I get it. Because if you think they're going to make it, you need a guy to play all those minutes. But with Varlamov, you're talking about three starts or something like that. So I would have because I didn't think that the events that transpired after the fact would have happened. Like the Barzal injury followed by the you know stellar defensive play, everybody getting their act in order together, certain players playing a little bit better. It's just everything seemed... And see, this is this is those people who tell you you never know what happens. They're just like, you see, you see, you never know. <laughs> Christ Almighty! It's just only a matter of time before that gets sorted because that. What are you going to say, Grump? Would you like my spin on it? Sure, Grumpy. I kind of know your spin, and everybody else on the show knows your spin too. I'm going to just let them know again. 
Okay. Regardless of where we are in the playoff hunt, I'm moving Varlamov, Mayfield, and Parisi. Regardless, I don't care where we were. The reason being, we're not good enough to win a Stanley Cup or do any damage in the playoffs. Might make the playoffs, but that's it. You could, I mean, Bo Horvat, love Bo, Bo Horvat. As soon as I saw us trade away another first-round pick in the super deep draft, Atu Ratu, our best prospect, Anthony Bavillier, all right, his time had, his time had run out here. Yeah. Fine. Those other two, that told me that we weren't going to make any moves to, to try to get the team younger to transition to the next uh, iteration of the Islanders, which I think we have to do anyway. Well, it's so, a hard thing to sell that because we know some of the players like Barzal and Sorokin, you draft a player, he's 18. You draft another player after that, like you're, you're looking at four years before they can help. So either you're going to make it work with Barzal, Sorokin, Pulak, Pelik, and now Horvat, or you're not. Like, how can you redo this thing that you guys are talking about? Because I, thought... I agree with you. I was on board with with, with that because the, the way the Islanders were playing, probably that Washington approach. They got rid of Orlov. They got rid of uh, Gustafson on the back end. They got the assets that they could. So I, I do fully understand that. But then even if they did do that, how are you doing a rebuild while some of your players are in their best producing years? That's why you don't trade first-round draft picks every year since Lou Lamarillo's been there. That's Here's why you the don't do it. I think because all those guys, let's say, okay, Holmstrom's the only guy. That was, he's a bust. He's a flat-out freaking bust. Okay? Think about the guys, Tomasino, Kaliev, McMichael. That's, that's, all better I'm, players than he'll ever be. Already now today, better players than he'll ever be. He's a bottom-six guy. He's a bottom-six guy. You can get I will bet you guy. Holmstrom's not a bust. And I never say that. Okay. You guys have yelled at me for, to okay. give young guys a chance. What I you told you Bellows was a creative player. I told you Wallstrom was a slow guy who can't move, can't control the puck, but has a bullet. Why is it that the first guy I've actually come on here, I hope that lends some credence to the belief that what I see fundamentally from him can be a productive player on the I, lineup. I, is he watch... the superstar you're looking for? Probably not. But I see many qualities in him that translate to the NHL. Okay, as a bottom six player. Sure. He's a bottom, bottom six. six guy. I saw him live two games, and I'm like, holy shit, this kid sucks. I saw the difference between him and Atu Ratu is night and day. And what did you see when watching Bellows? What Atu Ratu is – I can moonwalk faster than him. Okay, you know what? He's a better skater than uh, Simon Holmstrom is. Are you nuts? All I right. watched them live. All right, if I you believe that, live. okay. I watched them both side-by-side side live. I watched them, and I'm like, this kid, he's timid in the corners. He's easy. I, I, I'm not going to relive what I saw live. I wanted to see him do well in the playoffs last year. He was nondescript. Durando looked good. McLean looked good. Ratu looked good. The defenseman, Sallow, eh, I wasn't sold on him. I mean, it's all of our young guys. Ratu, Kyle McLean, and uh, Durando. Those were the three guys who stood out. And actually, Bilbo looked okay, too. Other than that, I'm like, there's no one that I'm looking for this team in the future. Well, you, Certainly But you've had faith. You th you thought what you were seeing from Bellows at one point merited – and I, I'm sorry, Bellows. TJ. I know he's one of your guys. What I said uh, so. was, what I said was he was never given a shot 
That's why I wanted him to play last year, play in the last 20, 20 games, 25 games, when it was obvious we were making the playoffs, to see if he's part of the solution or if he's part of the problem, let him go. Because that's why you, when you're out of the playoff hunt, play your young guys, see who you can potentially see moving forward to keep up, to keep on the team. But how is it then I can watch a player like that and immediately after you know a decent amount of games, just watching him perform and what he does on each play, how can I say, oh, he looks like a creative NHL player? And how do you guys see this can be part of the solution? It was so easy to see. And the same way I see some of the intangibles with home. Remember, I've never come on here and said any of the prospects have excited me. I wasn't excited about Wallstrom, wasn't excited about Bellows, excited, wasn't excited about Dobson. Still, still not. We can get to that. Oh, but this is the first guy. On, have no. you gotten this... your jersey? What jersey? Your 10 mil jersey? You know, when you lost that. Oh, for the, Fran oh, the France game? Yeah. What did we, uh, what, what game was that, TJ? It what, was what World France Cup England. Game? France, France against England. England. Well, anyway, well, here's, okay, we're getting distracted. Uh, don't let him off a bet. He always a big guy with the no. gambling. He lost that bet. And right, okay, to no, we'll get, tell me. Tell me exactly what, what I have to get, and I will get it. It was a number eight that on it. Dobson with the number Dobson there, number eight, and the 10 million right there on the names on the back. And what were what were you going to get? I don't remember. <laughs> if you pro TJ, if you promise me, but you have to, and you you're an honest guy. If you promise me that it, they would have won the game and you would have actually purchased the other side of that, I will order that thing tonight. I probably would have. Who the he would have? He would have. Anyway, I, taking this away. Hold on. I want to get back. No, then I'm going to do it. I want to do it. I, I'm surprised you're not wearing it today. Honestly, I want to get back to Bellows. The guy, right, some players are given opportunities and chances that others are not afforded to. It's the reason why guys like Fashing, right, who had skills, who has ability, a guy who'd been a career AHL player until he's 27 years old because he's never found the right opportunity in the right situation to be in where he could say, yeah, I am a guy who can play in every night situation. Guys like Bellows, they can find niches in the NHL. A guy like that. I, I don't think was ever given a fair shot with the Islanders and then on that Flyers team kind of was what it was. I mean, so some guys, he's not an ultra talented player. I thought he was going to be better than he was. He's not an ultra talented player, but you know, when you watch a guy like Holmstrom, I don't have much hope in him besides a bottom six guy. And you know, bottom six players are important, but I just, I'm kind of confused. Like I don't see much upside in him. I think this also goes back to some of our philosophical thing. I see him cover for many people high in the zone when somebody's like, I see some of these things that are very important to winning hockey. I value these things more than other people. Like most people, like it, when he finally scores that toe drag goal, blah, 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 everyone starts losing their shit. But I'm looking at certain things like what he's doing while the other players are in the zone, how he's covering for them, how he's, how he's, you know, playing defensively on a team that has really struggled before this recent stretch to to you know keep pucks out of their own end, and I I liked a lot of what I was seeing. And anytime you asked him, all right, well, go on this line and do this. Go on this line, and do that. Not everybody can do that. Like, look at how Engvall looked on that top line last night. You know, it's clearly not cut out for him. And you know, but see, but that's Islander mentality, right? Engvall wasn't even good enough to make the lineup in Toronto. Okay. Hold he on, hold on. I got, I got to interrupt you there because you kept saying that last time, and I got about five or six different people hit me in the DMs. Engvall played every single night for Toronto, just so you don't make they, that mistake again. They acquired two bottom six guys who made him expendable. All right, okay. is that better? Sure, sure, and that's better. He that's gets better. traded here, and 
he's on the first line. Well, well they're it, short of players. They're just trying I, to just trying to do what they can. Okay, but if you're bringing a guy who's never played your system, why would you put him on the first line? You try to work him in maybe on the fourth line and slide somebody else who knows your system up on the first line. Why throw a play? He's not a first line player. And I don't hate the guy, but it's like, I just. They just I, had Matt Martin on the first line. Isn't it clear to you? And like in the you? movie Scream, everybody's. A, if you got a jersey, you're playing on the top line. But what does it tell you? We're not deep enough as an organization. That's why you can't be given any draft picks year after year after year. You have no one to come in and fill if somebody gets hurt. No one when these guys age out to, to replace them. Eventually, you're going to have to keep your draft picks and restock the cupboards. That's why I loved what Washington did. They knew, go, oh, guess what? We're not good enough to make a run with all these injuries that we've had to Backstrom, Wilson, Carlson, uh, Oshie, all these guys. We're not good enough. We're going to regroup. We're going to kind of restock moving forward. I would have loved if the Islanders would have done that. You can still contend for a playoff spot, but by moving UFAs. Yeah. And then, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying, arguing there. I, I was mean, asking Andy, Andy philosophically. I agree with you. With I'm saying too. how do you – but then still, you're then you're stuck at that point. You're going to be there you, anyway. You guys say retool. I, I still I, don't even I know what that really means. I think that Watu, three years from now, could be a guy who's making a hey, I could be a guy who's a top six, top six center. It's not okay. he's 22 years old now. There's right? a chance. Yeah. Three years, three years reasonably was what this retool looked like. I saw a guy like Bolduke. Maybe that's a guy who could transfer. We've got a lot of young defense or a lot of players, defensemen who are young and in, in the time period where they've got, you know, team certainty. We've got Sorokin. If you could manage to get him here long term, it was the forward group. And you could go out if you have enough cap space. There's no more excuses of, oh, well, we don't have enough cap space to sign anybody as a big free agent because we just can't afford to do it, right? You've got the brand new arena. You've got, hey, we're in we're in New York. People say, oh, we're on Long Island. It's still in New York. It's more marketable than freaking Columbus, Ohio. It's a marketable area. And I'm like, you could have gotten and maybe attracted a big free, free agent player. I, I thought that the – the retool, if you played it right, could have been done quickly. But there was a lot of things that still had to go your way, too. Yeah, A lot of ifs, a lot of buts. In three years, then all of a sudden, these guys that we're talking about, now the Pulaks and the Pelics are in that age where you guys want to start chucking people again. So it's like, that that's, that's what, what I'm what talking happened. about. You have That's why you cannot trade away draft picks, because you need to keep on refreshing the talent. In two years... Six of our forwards are going to be gone off the roster because they're going to age out and they have uh, – then what, how, what are you going to replace them with? More UFAs? Durando, more guys who are third and fourth liners? I mean, at some point in time, you have to take a step back and say, what's best for the franchise going forward? You're, they're trying to – it's like Lamarillo's trying to chase a dream that's not yep. attainable. I can see why a Tampa does it or a Colorado um, – even Pittsburgh to a certain extent because of Crosby, Malkin, Latang, they're all totally they're on certainly on the backside. All right. But they're still their best players. I can see why they're doing it in a bubble. But us, I just don't see it. I just don't see it. I, I, I agree with you. But I they're mean, just I in a tricky it. spot with the ages of Sorokin, Pulak. It's tricky. And then there's the I, morbid thing. I mean, should I say it? It's just I said it the other night. It's a real thing. I don't. I don't want to sound mean, morbid. Uh oh, Andy's going to say something really mean. Mean and the morbid. GM, the GM doesn't have a, a yeah, long life. He'll be dead soon. He'll be dead 
that soon. Go ahead. Don't yeah, be afraid. Average lifespan of a man in the United States, 82 years old or something. That's two years for him. That's a year and a half. And dog so years, that's six months. Anyway, so one further, think... he said he's not even sure he's going to see some of these contracts out. <laughs> I did not say that. <laughs> that's what he was trying to say. No, just messing around. We've said who's, our longest, who's our longest sign player? <laughs> Hold Horvat. That's eight years. Hor uh, yeah, Bo Horvat and Matt Barzal. There you go. They're going to be here um, longer than the GM. They probably go in his office and say, you know what? Hey, buddy, don't tell me what to do. I'm going to be here a lot longer than you're even going to be alive. It's only 74 to say and a half. I'm sorry. It's 74 and a half years old. Wow, it's really off. Oh, Asia. I have you to take some of this back. Everyone's been saying 80. No. he's He's been defying the odds. Yeah. yeah I'm seeing he's playing on borrowed time. 82 when he speaks, though, in Hong Kong. That's the oldest life you know expectancy Andy, for men. I agree how he speaks, but if you look at him, his face, he's aged a lot from the end of last season till now. I'm like, oh, he's looking old now. People call him Beaky. Beaky the little Beaky cartoon. The buzzard. Beaky, Beaky the buzzard. <laughs> buzzard. <laughs> Remember Beaky the buzzard, Andy? No. Pull up Beaky the buzzard. Well, he does look. He's like a spitting image. Hold on. Yeah, he's Beaky the Buzzer. You know those old cartoons, back you know, uh, back from the fifties and sixties. Oh funny Cartoons. I could have got the one with him scratching his head, looking like he's like it's scratching his brain. But I won't do that to Lou. Um, hold on a second here. He doesn't know where his brain is now at his age. Oh, stop! Here we go. This is Beaky the Buzzard. Oh, perfect. There you go, there you go Andy. Here he is. Lou Lamarillo. <laughs> That's him wearing a that could not stop laughing. <laughs> yep, yep, Yo, did yep, you yep, see yep, that yep. video of when somebody was just screaming? Because, you know, yes. Gen Z, they have no interpersonal, like, communication abilities because everything's through phones, so they don't realize when they're being ludicrous. And they're just, somebody's just screaming about, like, Tim O'Meyer, get Tim O'Meyer, you old man. And he just glances down Lord at him. Lord, that bro. <laughs> He was like hammered drunk. He's like, Team up, Lou Lamarillo. And he kept just saying it, Lamarillo. And he looks up because the guy's obviously intoxicated. He's like, We're going to make a trade. Team O'Meyer, bro. Oh, Horvat. And he's just like, Oh, I my can't. God. I can't. Here's the thing these GMs, players up, they hear everything. They just ignore you. It reminds yeah. me of the cookie story like with Barry Bonds. <laughs> right? I think, have I told them on this show or not? You have, I think, but you could tell it one more time because okay. I know Andy's never heard it. Barry Bonds, you know, when he was with the Pirates, he's out there every inning. He's throwing, uh, you know, warming up with Steve Cook, C-O-O-K-E. Um, he was a pitcher for the Pirates. And every morning there's a guy in a wheelchair sitting there in left field right on the mezzanine. He's like, Barry, Barry, the whole game, Barry, ba the whole freaking game. And – you know, Barry just ignores him. Bonds just ignores him. And he goes, in like the seventh inning, he's like, Barry. Oh, he says, Cookie, Cookie. Barry's mom makes more money than you do. Barry Bonds looked over at him, started laughing his ass off, and dropped the next ball that was thrown to him. It was absolutely freaking hilarious. That's how he got Barry to respond. It was great. You know, but what does it say about Barry Bonds? What does it say about Barry Bonds? Guy's calling his name. I just ignores him the whole game. All of a sudden, you slam one of his teammates, and he thinks it's the funniest thing ever. If that's not Barry Bonds in a nutshell, I don't know what else is. <laughs> oh, gracious. That's no. funny. So we're at a spot, though, 
we think, you know, and Andy agreed with us, Grumpy. That's why, because I was listening to him talk there on, on that Twitter space a while ago. He, at that time period, probably should have sold, but hey, you know, it, it's panned out for us. You know, if we're putting the odds on what it is that the – go ahead, Grump. How has it panned out for us? We maybe make the playoffs? Everything is no, for the He's saying term. the things that broke – like, because at that time – the standings and teams that have fallen out didn't look that way. Yeah. So you're making that deal looking at the mountain. At least, like, that's what he's saying. It panned out, meaning the people who would have said, no, 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 try to bolster the lineup. We can we can elevate above all this. That's, I believe, what he means. Like, Oh, because when I, when I looked at it, like I said, I saw us in that, you know, the sewer of suck. I saw us in there. And what's the one thing I noticed more than anything else? These other teams, and Islander fans are going to get spoiled now, these other teams don't have a goalie. Every single one of them, their goalies are average to below average, and our goalie Bobrovsky is, is capable. But he's been up and down this year. He's been yeah. up and down. Yep. But uh, I mean, he's con- Sorokin, how many bad games did he have this year? Three? He's been fantastic. I mean, you can tell if he has a bad game, we're losing. I mean, that's just a Can fact. they beat the Devils in the first round? They have a chance? I don't think we're playing the Devils. Okay, well, all right, so good. At least I got it. So then just hope seven, for that. Just hope you play the Devils. The Devils you beat can't, Carolina. I, I don't want to agree to your with your fans, but you can't be that level of miserable. I don't think – I don't think – I think Pittsburgh is going to beat us out. I think Pittsburgh is going to eventually – jump us and get seventh. We're going to get eighth and we're going to play Boston. That's why I think it's so hot lately. We're 10, three and three in the last six games or 16 games. And to be honest with you, I never would have even known that unless somebody brought it up on a show on Saturday and said, well, we've been nine, three and three in the last 15. That's like bullshit. I looked it up and I was like, well, I'll be damned. I'm wrong as could possibly be on this. We've We've been winning games, but you know, it's, Last night's game was like another example, like quintessential trots hockey. There were no pretty goals scored last night by the Islanders. Yep. That's for certain. You've got the one that bounces off the two skates for the, the Buffalo defender and plops its way right for Sezikis and he slides it under the pads. That's like, that's so like say trots slash playoff because yeah. that's what many playoff games are as well. The, the, the Between non Islanders teams. Both. You got to be able to have the guy who can wrist one where it's like, you know, like the Mayfield goals where you're just skating down and just whoosh, and you got to be like, holy shit, he snipes one top shelf. But you got to get the dirty goals, too. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, like, you just seem so disappointed when they win that way. Yeah. Meanwhile, I look at it like finally they're playing winning hockey. Like, I'm, dis- I'm disappointed because I know what it means long term for us. Yeah, long term. This no this, team, next draft, this next year's draft. This next you guys are draft. crazy. I'm gonna say it right now. You guys, what you're basically just saying, the highest likelihood of winning all the time is the thing that you are just want to get away from. How can you say that when the Devils' whole dynasty was built around defense? How can this, you say that that doesn't win? This, but they had they had talented offensive. I understand, but they they took those talented players and made them I play mean, the trap. How many Hall of Fame players were on that Devils team? TJ, they asked them to win one nothing games every single time in 2003 with those players. They asked those players, hey, don't score 40, get your ass back, clog up the neutral okay. zone, and New win. Hall of Fame what? defenders, okay. Hall what of Fame he... goalie. It's just, we don't have but, but you can't. But this is an argument change. Now you just went from you can't win defensively to okay. you have to have we're Hall of Famers. guys on who are not that good. Not Okay, we're nowhere close 
to what those Devils teams work personnel-wise. I'm answering the first question. Well, we have to take it one at a time. You can't just say you can't win defensively. My argument is good defensive teams keep getting sniffing around the cup, but the top offensive teams, they get drowned out. Those Florida Panthers ways never do anything. Never, ever, ever, ever do you have a bad defense and find your way through. But good defenses always are sniffing around the edges of Stanley Cups. And if you just personally believe that one of those teams who was in the finals and didn't win like a game seven or something couldn't have won, you're out of your mind and that's short-sighted. The defensive teams are the ones who always do make it. Okay. How are we in the Western Conference? The cup. Fuck sniffing the cup. I want to hold the damn thing. And you got to be able to score and play defense in order. You got to well, be able one to One has a roadmap to give you a shot, and one leaves you with the Florida Panthers. Why would you take the roadmap that never gets you there? Here's 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 the issue that I think that I want to be Tampa. You're just, you're just ignoring because be back in the 1990s, yes, you could win like that. Why? Because that's the way the game was played back then. What has the NHL done? They want to get away from that. They want games being 6-5. They want eyeballs on the sets. They want people watching on their phones like DJ. So they've relaxed. They've, now it's no more. You can't clog the middle of the zone. You get interference for touching somebody. You put your, your stick on his hands. That's a penalty. You hit a guy with his I head mean, down. If that was the, the case, playoff. the Islanders wouldn't have been in back-to-back conference finals. The bum Ottawa Senators wouldn't have made the Eastern Conference final. The common thread here is the teams who commit to defense always give themselves a shot, and the teams who go all out in offense never even come close. Yeah, I I'm mean, not it's you can play all. You, there, you have to be able to play defense. What do they say, right? Offense puts butts in the seats, but defense wins championships. That's less and less. The for in every single sport, the more you go on. But at the end of the day, if you're looking. What are the teams that do really well in the NHL playoffs? Really good power play. They play really you good. You guys are teams. sitting here preaching the Bruins, whose whole system, while they've won their cups this whole time, has been about defense first. So how are you saying they're, oh, but now, oh, but they have Hall of Famers. So defense and Hall of Famers can win. Philosophically, defense wins. You have to have a guy who can be a game changer to when the game is close and tight. He could take it on his fucking shoulders and say, I'm going to score two fucking goals and I'm going to go ahead and assist and I'm going to get in a fight. I'm going to do fucking it all. We don't have any of those type of players in this game. Game seven against Vancouver is a disgusting one goal game that they were scored on a disgusting goal and that's what ended it. That's playoff hockey. That's how the Bruins won. It wasn't a moment of magic. It was a it was a it was a broken play. That that Bergeron just a flubbing puck towards the net, and that's what won the Stanley Cup. That, that is what wins. changed the trajectory of that series. Them knocking Nathan Horton out completely changed the trajectory of that series. They were winning. Were they not? That was in. They were up two nothing. Vancouver's up two nothing in that series. In they, they knock that out Nathan be. Horton, Aaron Rome. They wound up having by and by the time of the last game, they were playing like they're. They had like Edler was playing with two broken fingers, and they had everybody else were AHL players players. like that. That's why Vancouver lost because they were really good. These are just boats of I'm not accepting. I would would like to be Vancouver, right? That's what I want to be. Vancouver played good defense, great goalie, had fantastic offense. I want to be Vancouver. I want to be teams like Tampa. We don't have the offense to match up with Tampa, the the team who kept losing, and the only time they, they finally won was when they did a full commitment to defense. Full commitment. Every single elimination game was shutouts to Rangers. one nothing in the third. Islanders, one nothing in the third. Every Tampa, you watch that Toronto game, 2-1. They sat everybody back and defended the one nothing lead. They blew it, got the lead back, immediately sat everyone back and won 2-1. to 
every team to get over that hump needs to do the defense. The teams that you're clamoring for always lose. Tampa lost year after year after year after year. They commit to defense, two straight cups and a third I, one. I disagree with Tampa. What Tampa didn't have was the grit guys. That's what they didn't have. They would, they invariably, they'd wind up losing at the end. And sometimes there's always a benefit. You, you almost have to lose to learn how to win. And that's what I feel happened with Tampa. I draw a comparison all the time. Tampa with the Islanders back in the 80s. The Islanders were by far the best team in the league, and they just couldn't get it done because they didn't know how to win. But At some point in time, you have to learn. It wasn't that long. They, they went to a Stanley Cup final and a conference final in the years before that, and then they had the best record of all time. With that, they kept going offense, and then they got swept, and then they go, fuck this. We just got swept by a defensive team. We need to do that too. But they, they defaulted to defense. They went to three straight. There's no arguing this. Look at the they, numbers. Look at the, look at the numbers. You, how can you watch those two Islander series and not say that they were doing exactly Exactly what we were doing to them. They were trapping us too. I'll they show have, you the footage. Tampa, Tampa's a team like the Islanders were back in the day that had the ability to play any style game that you wanted to play. That's what made them so successful. They were disciplined enough where if you, all right, it's a high flying game. We're going to blow you out. TJ, you know, eight, seven. Get the elimination games up. This well, is every one. team, every series. Hot, run and gun Toronto, two I'm, to one. I'm one nothing about, versus Montreal. One nothing versus the Islanders. Two to one versus the Rangers. It's not a coincidence that they try to lock down the defense every single time that it's important and it counts. They never go run and gun ever, ever. Do they want to do that? Well, they can't. They want to win every game low scoring. They're but, older now, so they can't play run and gun when you're an older team. They're an older team now. My well, the majority point, of Tampa players are older now. My point is you're never going to win a Stanley Cup without Hall of Fame caliber players on your team. It, the it few and far between. It's that's like just saying, a theory, though. Okay, go down. We can go down the list, and you're going to see But you don't know that they're Hall of Fame players at the time. When you look but at they the, turn out to be Hall of Famers. They turn out to be Hall of Fame caliber players. We don't have anybody on our team where I could say, except maybe one, where I could say, that guy might be a Hall of Famer. It's Sorokin. That's it. We've well, got Sorokin one. will not be a Hall Let's of Famer. What's the likelihood that a team, a football team with no quarterback wins, 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 wins a, wins a freaking, wins the Super Bowl? They go ahead and win the Super Bowl. Thank you. What's the likelihood they win a Super Bowl? Slim, 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 slim. You can I don't do know. it. It's Nick Foles. I'm not sure. You can do without it. He's, I mean, you could do without it, but the likelihood is very slim. I would rather have a chance where we've got fantastic offensive talent, fantastic defensive talent, and the goalie, right? That's, that's what everybody wants. You and got you Jared at, Goff in the Super Bowl. He lost. The Rams. He yeah, lost. Yeah. No, I, I completely. But how did they? How did they get to the Super Bowl if loss? If losses are just supposed to happen like that Their in the playoffs? Team, oh, they got. They got a referee's decision on a pass interference against New Orleans that sent them to the Super Bowl. That's how they get to the Super Bowl. That's so, how they got to the Super Bowl. So then you're also going to say that Jalen Hurts is a Super Bowl quarterback. Yeah, sure. And, but then you're going to use the excuse that he lost. But now, because of one good year, he's a, he's a he's a Hall of Fame caliber quarterback. He's not a Hall of Fame caliber. He's not. Well, he's not. that's what I'm saying. And that game, he he could not have played better. Deserved the MVP. Outplayed Mahomes. Had six accounted for six touchdowns. And what he couldn't have won because yeah. he's not Nick Foles, who's a, a yeah. backup, and then you went right what? back to being a backup. Won the Super Bowl. Beat Brady and Belichick. If Jalen Hurts doesn't fumble that ball, it gets running for a touchdown. Eagles win that game. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Shortcomings come up. That's big players come up in big moments. 
I'm just I saying think, we don't I have. I think that's maybe what I want to say. I don't want to say Hall of Famers, big time players come up in big moments. A lot of the big time players are Hall of Fame players, though, because they yeah. do it on the biggest stage. They also do it during the regular season. I, I, you know, it's it's one of those items where offensively, I like Matt Barzal, but he's not a guy who he played really well against Boston when we made that run, that second Eastern Conference Finals run. But he's not a guy where I say, Matt Barzal, strap the team on your back and do everything. He's not a guy who shoots the puck enough. He's not selfish enough. He tries to, or he's not, he's not selfish enough to shoot, but he's too selfish to go ahead and stick handle the puck thinking that he can make something miraculous happen. I'm just like the, the shortcomings and the falls that this team has with their, with their starred players. I just, I'm like, mm, I don't know. It's, I just, I don't see this. Team. Do you see this iteration winning a Stanley Cup with this team? I don't. No, I was more so arguing philosophically. Like, you can't just say, oh, because I don't see this and see that. Minor alterations and proper philosophy. You think it's a co- They just lost two forwards and are playing their best hockey of the year. It's not a coincidence. In hockey, structure and will beat skill. That's been the story since the beginning of time. The beginning of the... The 03 Devils should have never, ever, ever, ever beaten the Ottawa Senators. Once the best teams of all time. They trapped them. They screwed them. They used defense. That's what can happen in the NHL. NHL is a game of, you're talking about games that end two to one. It's borderline soccer-like. So you don't know what minuscule difference in coaching changes. We had a team that didn't make the playoffs, and then Trotz comes in with the same roster minus Tavares and does extremely well with it. So with hockey, you can take teams on pretty good runs if you have that chemistry and you have the right coaching and belief like you're seeing with minnesota right now i cannot tell you definitively that minnesota is not going to make the cup they, there's no the there's no team that they, they can't beat four times in a series over there i think the west coast is so they so won't beat weak. dallas they won't beat dallas dallas is good we watched them like dallas, dallas minnesota will not be dallas when Ottinger plays the way he can he is so smooth back He's there really good. too He's, I'm just going to, I just want to say one thing. You know, big, you they're a big, fast team, too. Like that gets, you get a lot more holding, clutching, and grabbing as everybody knows in the playoffs. That Dallas team. They're not fat. They're not fat. You, they have two players who are, and the rest of their guys are old slugs. I'm not I kidding. Said, I've watched, I've watched a good amount. I watch, there's no team I don't watch all the time because of what I have to do. I watch every game, every team, essentially. I don't miss one. I know that sounds crazy, but that's just my life now. They have a couple of fast plays with Robertson, Haskinen, Hints. But you're talking about Pavelski has has weights around his ankles. Same yeah. thing with Ben. Same thing with C. Their older players are so slow, so slow. They have a few dynamic, but there's a reason Buffalo blew the doors off them there, ended up going to overtime because, yeah, they do have a great goalie. They just lost to Chicago, Arizona, back-to-back on their home. They are extremely vulnerable, extremely vulnerable. I just want to touch when you said, you know, there's no way the Devils should have beat Ottawa. That was Ottawa's first time at the big dance. Experience matters when you get to those stages of the playoffs. It just does. And a lot of teams, it's their first time through. They wind up losing. Edmonton Oilers. No one said the Islanders could beat them in 1983. But you know what? The Islanders had been there so many times. It was the Oilers' first time to the dance, and they got they got swept. And that's just – I mean, sometimes, like I said, you have to find – you have to lose – to learn how to win. Gretzky says it all the time. We walked by the dress when no one was celebrating. And it was like, then we realized we had to take it to another level. That's just kind of how it is. I, I think that's just athletes in general. 
if we were in the West, we would have a different conversation. The reason yeah. I agree we wouldn't with even you guys be in the playoff because of the we murderer's the row we would have to go through. That yeah. That is my main point of agreement. Anybody who says, come on, man, there's any way, you can say that all you want. You realize if we were in the West, we wouldn't even be in a playoff spot right now. I think we would have won more games in the West than we were in the East. I think that Western Conference is a lot. You, you took a look at the top tier teams, they don't exist to the same. I, I think the East is just. You stat. just said Winnipeg is a piece of shit before. They're one of the best teams in the West all year. They've been hovering around the one seed all year. And you just said that was a fake win that the Islanders got. So they're that's the, the conference you think we couldn't get more points in? They're they're in the eighth playoff spot right now. No, 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 no. The majority of this season, 80% of the season, they were sitting in either the one, two, or three seed in the West. You can't just say they just had their worst 10 game stretch. No, no, they were Maybe one of the, the best Buffalo teams. Maybe the Buffalo Sabres of the West. They're great at the beginning of the season. They fall off the planet at the end. 55, 60 games is not just the beginning of the season. Well, yeah. I did not know. Hold on. Winnipeg is in eighth? Eighth place. Holy shit. Eighth Hold on. Place. Well, tell they them were, that they were. They were at the top. You're right. They were one, the top. One to eight is the difference is, I believe, the six points between one and eight in the West. But they're in eighth place. I'm just telling you the facts. They're in eighth place. I mean, Grumpy, you're, you're better they're in than, eighth than place. use it. That, that's what a five-year-old would do. They're in eighth. I'm they're ready. In eighth. They're, they're in eighth. eighth. They're in like, what if they had I'm 10 less games? Would that mean anything? Or just, ah, they're in eighth. They're in eighth. You want, like, you want to talk about hot, hot button issues? We got Grumpy, and I'm, I'm interested. Grumpy, don't say anything, because I want to hear Andy's take on this, too. We were talking about who will go down with the best legacy out of either Ovechkin, McDavid, or Crosby. Is McDavid as good as Ovechkin and Crosby were? Okay, legacy. Legacy, oh, sure. Legacy. Who has the greater legacy when all is said and done? Well, right now, Crosby has a greater legacy than Ovechkin. Thank so you. you're asking me if he can really catch. There's two different tiers there. Crosby won a gold medal with his stick for his country and has three Stanley Cups and captained the, you know, Ovechkin had that huge cup. A lot of disappointments in the playoffs. And look, I'm not, I'm just telling you, I'm not like, a, oh, I love Crosby. I, that's a fair assessment, TJ. It is. I'm more of an AO guy over a Crosby. That's I, I know, but, but I'm trying to ask you to remove that. I'm a neither guy. It's hard to say won a gold medal with an overtime goal for his country against the U.S. and has three cups to his name. It's better than just one Stanley Cup and no, hey, nothing for Russia. He also um, has a Toronto media machine behind him, too. It does help, but you know, he, okay, sure. You, I, I look at the numbers though. I'm like, okay, if Ovechkin breaks Wayne Gretzky's numbers for goals, I'm like that in itself. Yeah, what is, he did is more difficult. What what Ovechkin did is more difficult, and that's that, all the NHL players are telling you that. Like scoring goals is crazy. The fact that he scores goals at the rate that he does is crazy. It's crazy. But the way you're saying legacy though, that. Legacy is a, is a is a blurry word. Usually, people want to see those like championships and the big moment, and the, that's kind of what people there look you for. Go. There you but go. McDavid okay. McDavid has so many prime years left. How how do we know? I think McDavid is better than both of them. Okay. Oh, he Again, is. Again, we're not talking about talent. You said legacy, and what I say is, I think Andy, he's got a chance to have a better legacy than both of them too. He he's going to have to win some Stanley Cups. Okay. If you yeah, won, one Stanley Cup is fine. The way I look at it, okay, three, one, whatever. You won the ding. You've won the thing. And then it comes down to what are you doing on the personal side? Hey, once you've won one, you're in the club. That's the way I look at it. TJ, and at least up into two, two slash three. Club. Don't He's say one or three. Club. He's in the club. He's in the cup club. 
Now, I will say this. The amount of points he's putting up is gaudy regarding regarding McDavid. Uh, unbelievable. Video game-esque numbers. And, and like I was thinking to myself, I'm like, when all is said and done, I wonder who is going to be looked back on during this time period we're playing on to say who is best. And I know that the game even changed when Ovechkin and Crosby entered, right? You get a lot with a lot more clutching, grabbing, slashing. No, more. no, they came they after were. the lockout. They came after the lockout. They've had I'd a career of fairness. More, I, th- I think it's more ticky tack. You get more probably. I think the last five years have really, they've they've really, really wrapped it up. up. I think that maybe there's more power plays. I don't know. That's interesting. I wonder what the power play. Well, I can tell you, I was a huge watcher back then. Pre-lockout, every every playoff series was an upset. All these teams you guys are talking about were getting upset because teams like the Devil, uh, Devils, Wild, Ducks, they would trap everyone. 0-0 zero, zero into double overtime. Hockey was borderline ruined. You couldn't make two-line passes. Two-line pass yeah. was illegal, meaning yep. there was no stretch passes. You couldn't try to send somebody behind the D to keep them honest and stretch out the zone. It was fake. Like you... You couldn't pass the puck more than two lines, so it had to, you had to kind of do pinball to try to get it through and then get it deep. That's why so many teams trapped. Then after that, they changed the size of the zones by pushing the goal lines back, created the trapezoid so goalie could. They, that's when they opened up all the rules to help uh, offense, but that happened when they were in the league. They never had a year of the true, I call it the true death, and the most impressive stats you'll ever see is Pavel Bore's back-to-back 59 goal seasons in the death NHL. The, the two-line death NHL, 59 in two straight years. You know what people forget is Detroit. All those Detroit teams that won, you know, the Devils had the trap. Detroit had the left-wing lock. They did the same thing. They had tremendous players, so they were able to score, but defensively buttoned up under Scotty Bowen using the left-wing lock. That's why the rules changed because, as Andy's correct, it was, it was killing the product. People stopped watching. That's when the NHL made the conscious decision. We need to get more offenses in the game. Why? It's not because we care how the game is played. It's not because we care who looks the best or any stuff like that. They wanted people to watch so they get TV deals and they can start making more money. That's what that's what it's all about. It's always about money, right? I'm going to say one thing about Ovechkin that makes for a goal scorer. I mean, Gretzky was great, but when Gretzky played, the butterfly style had not been invented yet. That didn't come in until Patrick Waugh come in in whatever year, 93 or whatever <clears> year it was. That's when the butterfly system style uh, started. And now you see everybody. you got to beat guys up top. You could beat guys low all the time in the olden days because they were stand-up goalies. I don't I think even want way, to talk about that. It's, it's way more joke. difficult. It's way more difficult. The equipment's bigger. Uh better athletes in you need to say that even more it's not just way more difficult it's like looking at a children's league versus like a men's league you can slide in a wrist shot from the blue line and a guy like a kid the goaltending style was he just kicked at it like a (laughs) like a nintendo eight eight bit character (laughs) yep and now that's i mean that's changed so as soon as that started, remember they had all the big uniforms, the big uh, equipment for the goalies. So what did they have to do? They had to minimize the equipment on the goalies. That wasn't working. They were talking about making the nets bigger. Anything to get more scoring. Yeah. And I think now they've kind of found that with the interference rules, the touch fouls, all that stuff. Now you're seeing the, the smaller players who were just, they were an anachronism back in the olden days. Yeah. They, you weren't tough enough. Now you're seeing those guys thrive 
and they the want guys the who thrived right before the lockout were Joe Thornton because he had a skill, yeah. but they couldn't hook him. So his points were good straight throughout, before, after, and these big burly guys who could fight through like stick checks and stuff. And then many of them, the John Leclairs, they were eradicated after the lot. There was a, a string of players who had success. The lockout came, Glenn Murray, they were finished. It's Think so wild. It. The league changed so much that it, it just got rid of those types of players. Anders Lee is a throwback player. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Anders Lee is a throwback player. Well, we said he's a poor man's Dave Anderchuk. He's a broke-ass man's Dave Anderchuk, please. <laughs> Not poor, broke-ass. <laughs> Too nice. I keep on saying that. No. Uh, you know, so for me, like I said, things just change. I mean, the only constant is change, right? So I'm going to get some comments because I know we're two hours in. And TJ has starred some. So everybody, we're not going to be able to get to all the comments. I'm sorry. But TJ has. Uh, just rapid fire them. Yeah. TJ's going to. Well, I don't. there's like, I don't know, close to a thousand comments already. So we're just thousand. Uh, my God, you guys yeah, we, are doing a good job with this we, thing. We get a lot of comments. Well, you have a loyal, loyal uh, listener group without a doubt. The BK Italian kid says the ESPN plus feed was an atrocity with Ryan loser. Captain Callahan. It's so nice that he, they have nicknames and PK Slewfoot Subban snoring between intermissions. I found that funny to be honest with you. And I thought that they were good. The one thing I noticed P.K. Subban's teeth were bleeding. So I don't know if somebody gave him a beating before that came on, but he had blood all like in his lower mouth and all over his teeth. I saw that. And he did clean it up for the second intermission. So good for him. I don't know what the hell was going on, but he was certainly bleeding in the mouth. I thought they were hilarious. Um, and I think they're good together. And that's what you want for uh, analysts, honestly. A little bit of life, uh, a little bit going back and forth. I think Steve Levy's a good host. So I'm going to disagree on... Uh, what BK Italian kid said when it came to that. I thought I thought it was entertaining, and I enjoyed those two together. Don't take it so personally. Who gives a who gives a rat's ass? They're trying. And also, it makes doesn't it make you feel better? I've always felt if the Islanders won a Stanley Cup, you want to know why it's going to feel so good? Because you're going to go down Hempstead Turnpike past Chuck E. Cheese and be celebrating with like us three and five other people. It's only Ooh. we're a small community and <laughs> we're not like when the Yankees win and every other guy under the sun celebrates a victory. There's such a small group of us. So when you get outside hate like that, it almost makes it, it adds on to that. It makes it that much better. I will say that would have to be this year because if we take a trajectory up, you're going to get more and more fans, particularly if you're uh, more entertaining to watch. You're gonna you're gonna find a lot more people in the fan base. Um, TJ, we just talked about uh, that. Rick Thank you Roma. very much, Rick Roma. Um, he was he wants to know he wants to know where the Glengarry leads are. Uh, he wants to know when they're coming out. He says the Isles are rolling. Maybe Lou needs a three or four year extension. I think you're on borrowed time now. As Andy said, he's probably going to be dead soon. <laughs> I know. No. <laughs> I thought he was eighty. He, he that's just, that's just what the numbers say. The life, average life expectancy for a male is what Andy's. No, I'm just kidding. And Andy <laughs> says he's living on borrowed time as it is now. Well, he's no, got I do one wanna... step in the grave and two feet on banana peels. I don't <laughs> know. Uh, I want to ask this though. The reason I put this comment up: What do we think is going to happen? Right? Because there's been, to our knowledge, to the, the the fans, we have no idea if he's been offered, if he's signed an extension as a general manager. Do you think Lou Lamarillo is back next season? as GM of the New York Islanders. I do. Yep. 
we you heard make these moves to not be here next year. We heard from a uh, reliable source, two-year extension. Two-year extension. Uh, man, maybe that maybe that's why I've been rooting so hard. So for no the, more draft picks for another two years. We lose so hard and crash and burn because you can't hey, do that, made, TJ. If we made, if we didn't make the playoffs two seasons in a row, Lou Lamarillo would be gone. It's funny people are cheering what Lou Lamarillo has done. And there, there are certain things that he's definitely done that have helped benefit this team. But there are certain things he done or he has done them just. I'm left scratching my head about still. Okay, I'm not are saying we, great GMs grow on trees, but I'm just yeah. I'm like mm, uh, I would you like be quick to fire people. You fired Trotz, and we got a Dick Tracy character behind the bench right now. We don't know Ooh, anything about it. It's Dick just like Tracy. Where's the uh, hat? He just looks. He's, He's got to get the yo. hat. You can't call him Dick Tracy without the hat. Come on. And it's the, just the, the well, Usually when I say that, it clicks with people. They're like, he does look like it. Just the, with his slick back hair, those the, the scowling looks he's always wants. giving. He needs the coat. He needs the coat. I know. The I know. The These things are going out to the list. <laughs> TJ, I just picture you growing up. He knows nothing. Do you know who Dick Tracy is? <laughs> no, I when said he was chilling. Search him. Well, uh, just do me a favor. Type Dick Tracy characters because the characters and it's not. Oh, so it's not. It's not him, but the the characters they made in the movie are these fucking misshaped, odd looking people. Like Al Pacino, I think is one of them. He was Big Boy if you Caprice. Can get... uh, here's the thing: they were all based on characters from the comic strip that ran for yes. ever and ever and ever. Flat Top. It's a guy who had a flat head. William Forsythe played him in this movie. Um, the best thing in the movie I thought was Madonna. I thought she looked great singing in that movie. That's the best she ever looked. Yeah, TJ, bring up just just search for Dick, Dick Tracy, Tracy characters. There's got to be a picture of all of them together. Is this like supposed to be humans or something like that? Yeah, Where they, but they all have, I think you got the right nicknames. thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Is this? Yeah, but if you yeah, look at, yeah, and, and and look at our coach sitting on the red couch. Oh God, <laughs> Jesus Christ. I tell you, yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, I've, I, I don't know who the hell Dick Tracy is. I right, assume like right. something in armed or some sort of like uh, crime or something. And like the whole that. thing was he was he had like a radio phone where he would pump, take it out of his yellow raincoat and he start talking. You know, like they put the antenna up and he's talking to people in the comic strip. He's talking to them. I mean, I used to read that comic strip every day. Good. <laughs> There you go. Even more zoomed in on their faces. Yeah. All right. Faces. You have any? Why don't you? Why, I feel bad, man. There's a thousand, a thousand. And why, why don't you trickle through some of those? Oh gosh. Um. Uh. Frank K. Saying, pleasantly surprised with how the Islanders are finding ways to win right now. They resorted back to the Gar the Barry Trot style, just without Barry Trotz. The slash winning style. Status survival said Bailey must have learned all of his bad habits from TJ. Oh, jeez. There it is. Jackson T says here, guys, I was at the game last night. Absolutely electric crowd. <laughs> there were no empty seats. See what happens. That's what happens when you win games. You have to win games or be exciting. If you're neither of those, no one's going. Mm. I tell you, it... Uh, it's good to see. I remember there were some time periods of empty seats, but hey, we're winning games. Veritas Invicta said, Grumpy Old Man was right about the Capitals throwing in the towel. TJ was wrong on that one by a mile. And that only took, what, four days for that to come true? Hey, at least I'll admit when I'm wrong. Apex Legend says here, Lou flushed a third round pick down the one. toilet with that loser Engvold. He sucks! By the way, Eberly is about to get 60 points this season. More points 
than Bo Horvat. Well, Horvat has what in the sixties? Does he not? Point one. I think so. Yeah. But I don't think um, he's going to be scoring a whole lot of points anymore. <laughs> so that is one hundred percent because of the line that Eberly was placed on and the full uh, flourishing and development of Matty Beniers, who's a star. So yeah. this is you're looking at the I like to call the you know if I'm doing fantasy or or if I take a guy to take a point. I say I call it the trickle down effect. Like if you take, not if you take Raquel or something who's playing with Crosby, it's the trickle down effect of playing with Crosby. You know he's touching the puck with Beniers, and they they have a great thing going. But that's what's driving the line. You didn't you didn't put this. There's a reason you didn't send this message message at this time last year. Now, do I still wish and knew if it would have happened if they protected Eberly and they left Bailey out there if they would have taken them yes I still want to know what would have happened if they protected him put made Matt Martin available if they would have taken the Bailey bait however the 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 Eberly points this year are severely inflated from the line that he's playing on and that's why he didn't do that last year agreed so I, don't the, lose too much sleep over that the thing that bothers me a little bit is this new style, it's going to limit the productivity of Horvat. And that bothers me a little bit when you give him eight years, eight and a half million, if you're just going to go back to the grinded out style. Well, they're doing that right now because they don't have any players. Right. But it, it didn't look like he was playing the grinded out style in his but first couple of games where he was scoring how could you go? Game. But how can you, I mean, is do you think Lane Lambert would go back to the wide open style if he I had everybody not. healthy? I hope not. <laughs> Then why are you signing guys like that? Just sign a team of grinders. Because you just said before you will have to play defense, but you need difference makers in those close games it in the doesn't playoffs. Doesn't matter because we're not scoring anyway. Okay, all right. <laughs> That's my point. It doesn't matter who's on your team. Anthony Rizzi said, uh, "I can see what Toronto fans meant by Engvall. Wow, he's soft. That yeah. that was the knock on him that he's not very physical. Well, people I, are saying that he looks skinny as a toothpick and he looks small. I mean, like six foot five. Yeah, I I noticed that he wasn't strong on the puck yesterday. Like he was able to be stick checked, and then once a guy had some position on him, it was getting off the stick. But obviously, his strength is going to be speed from the defensive zone to the offensive zone in transition. And we obviously, you guys know this, kind of lacking that department a little bit what do you chuckle what did you just I see, read i see comments that's like if you ever see me smiling because i'm reading comments i'm like god i'm queuing shit up that i'm like oh that's it just makes me smile that's all sometimes he's i, I <laughs> go ahead he's, he's strong on the puck like uh like simon holmstrom no oh. very strong on the puck. oh and uh drew l said here i see andy has improved his studio since the last time we've seen him on the podcast i said the same thing when i came on i was like yeah grumpy insulted me i said sorry guys i'm just i just moved here got some little construction going grumpy goes yeah i'm sure it's gonna be like that but no that's not what i said i said what were you doing what are you going in your mom's basement that's what i said that was the previous studio. Get get your studio insults right. But you know, know, Grumpy has no faith in the aisles, no faith in the studio. He's got no faith in anything, and he's already been proved once. Full studio. Let's see if the aisles can do it as well. I worry about Andy. I worry about anyone who has a video game down in their basement where they sit there all day and play games. No, they don't. That's like it's a piece. Like I was gonna get a video. No, game you must piece. play it. Why the hell should we, if you're not? You, you don't play. play it, it's just there to be there. It's there to be it's there. I think there because be then there. you're TJ and you, and you got like 
I don't know. Goosebumps books in the back, brother. I don't know what he's got in his background, but at no, least I tried to design a little. These stuff. are all my books. Thank you, Andy. You can those tell by my ability books. to read. Books these are, are my books. Well, you can read, just apparently not not on on air ads, because not, not according not to you, I can't read anything. Is what the problem is. Yeah, these are all the lovely pages books. <laughs> None of those are mine. That's it's there for like Grump. Do you remember when I was going to get that football one, like ninety nine NFL Blitz that was in Costco? I was like, oh man, I'm going to pick this up. You would have played like, that game. Don't tell me you just had the electricity plugged in to stare at it. Don't tell me. How often do you think I would have played it? Maybe it's like, oh, when somebody comes over to the house, like, oh, you've got, yeah, let's play a game real quick. And then that's it. It just goes back to sitting but there. But look at Andy. Look at, it's all, it's all dark in the background. You know, I don't think he ever leaves that area. No. I think he lives in I'm not going to lie. That, I do call this the bunker. That's but look at you, Grumpy. Look at you. Like, you got the picture from Goodwill Hunting that Robin Williams had in the bed. I don't want to hear about this no, setup. There's, 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 that he's there's no guy in the boat there. There's nobody in the boat there. No boat. See, no boat. No. Nope. I'll give you. I'll give you credit. You're good. You're always good with the movie references. Uh, he knows more about movies than I. <laughs> whenever, I don't know, know, whenever, whenever we have family get-togethers, particularly when everyone was still alive, um, we used to have we play. Uh, you know, these uh, movie trivia games, whatever it was. And it was me against the whole rest of the family. And well, it wasn't really close. Yeah. All he does is watch movies and he just remembers that. that, that I just remember. At least he enjoys them. Some people watch and it's just right out their head. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I understand that. Movies today. Can't wait to watch that later. Goon says here, Grumpy, I'll let you read this. Who was more of a ladies' man as a younger man, Grumpy or Potsy Weber? Um, I'm just going to say it was me. It, Potsy, Potsy Weber. Weber. Potsy Weber was on Happy Days. Him and Ralph Mouth were Richie Cunningham's best friends. Happy days. And you know, and I said it before. Happy Days was that the one with um, jumping Fonzie. the shark? Come on, Fonzie. Fonzie okay. was on. Fonzie. Fonzie. But here's the thing: think about Fonzie in the real world. Fonzie's a freaking loser. He's a guy in his 30s hanging out with kids from high school. You know what we call people like that? Losers. Oh my God. I thought you were gonna do it. I'm like, I'm not I'm gonna I let him do it. I thought you were gonna say Andy. The way you said that, you know what we call that? Andy. Oh, I thought you were gonna do it. I didn't want to do it. I didn't want to do it. Oh, I was like, do it, do it, do it, do it. <laughs> no, I wasn't gonna do it. Sorry. Matthew I thought about it. Did you hear me pause? I thought about it, but I'm like, no. You should. You should. <laughs> Matthew has said, Andy with the old school Street Fighter 2 arcade game. My man. See, Grumpy, people people understand. It's setting the ambiance, Grumpy. Come on. Um, Andy, do you play that game? Islanders beat the Sabres by the shin oh. of their teeth. Who said that? Hold on. Oh, that was going to be Hold on. Do you play that game, Street Fighter? I, I played it in the past. I played it when I bought it, but this is just this is where I obviously shoot my daily videos for the channel. So when I was constructing it, that's what I chose. I chose a little game there, a little uh, uh, you know Mario Brothers question mark. I got the million dollar belt from the Ted DiBiase in the back, and then that's it. He's down. got he's got the audio foam in the back, but where's the Croatia jersey? That's where the Croat where's the Croatia kit went in hiding. It's <laughs> no longer on display. Where's the hey, Noah man, Dotson back to $10 back million dollar man the World Jack, Cup. No jersey? That's what I want to know. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry, say it again. Dobson, 10 mil. Now, here's <laughs> the thing, Andy. You know, you know I'm on your side. He's never making $10 million a year. Not going to happen, but you're still getting that damn jersey. 1,000%. And I'm not a. <laughs> 
I'm always honest with that stuff. As long as, and I believe TJ that he would have got his. What was my? I think it was Mayfield. It was just, it was just Mayfield, like four million. The funny thing was, well, it was. He said that way before, and I was like, "Mm, I'm not sure about it. And then I'm like, Yeah, he's gonna get on the open market, probably about four to five million dollars a year. I'm like, Yeah, yeah, Andy's won me over. I'm like, Yeah, I believe that. So, (laughs) Um, but the whole thing was, All right, I'm gonna get it. But who gets it? Because I don't want it. You take it. I want to see you wear it. That kind of gives me okay. So I wear it, and then I send it to you. No, Andy. you keep it. You keep it so you can let everybody know beforehand you were well ahead of the curve, the $10 million man. Look at this Andy, guy. I'm just Look disappointed at this guy. that a gambling god such as yourself would fall for a sucker bet like England was going to beat France. Come on. Well, you watched that. TJ, you watched that game. That was a great game. Yeah, I tell you. No, we're not going to make and it. Yeah, I mean, we'll that, that game was won on a Harry Kane miss penalty kick. Oh, man. I oh, well, you. that's England for you. That's England. That's they tend England. to do that. It's not just Harry Kane. Insert any name here. Any <laughs> best English player here. Put him in there. Beckham. Anybody you want. I got a kick, pun intended, out of the hair or out of the headline I read today. The Islanders beat the Sabers by the shin of their teeth. Well, they did. They did kick that goal in absolutely. And I'm going to say, let's put the shoe, the shoe on the other foot. Test. If you're an Islanders. If you're an Islander fan and you see that puck coming, you see the guy kick his leg towards it and it go in, you would have lost your mind if they would have reversed that call to call a goal. That's all I'm going to say on that. Yeah, I thought it was absolutely when you look, that puck. When you look at the rules, though, it has to be off the skate or the foot is the way the rule it, is written. It says that? Yeah, I think so. Oh, so then, what, then there's actually zero debate. Yeah, so I think it was like, but again, like I'm not. It's like it's because kicking motion is what I thought it was. Because like some of it says distinct kicking motion, and then they make an amended portion of the rule where it says. So who the fuck knows? It just but is that what's in there? Is is the amendment in there about the? Because if it says skate, then that's it. So I just saw a few things on Twitter, and it's like when I'm looking there, I'm like, okay, I took a quick glance, I'm like, yeah, maybe that is, maybe it's not. I gotta actually read the rule book, man. Anybody who has a complaint, go watch the Calgary Flames get eliminated from the playoffs because they just called the most bullshit kicking motion on a guy driving to the net. I think it was Blake Coleman, and that eliminated them from the playoffs. So they're very inconsistent with these rules. Very inconsistent. That's the thing that drives me crazy is the consistent inconsistency. (laughs) Yeah. Nick C says here, I know I've gotten Ro- I know I've given Romanoff a lot of criticism, but he has really picked up his game these last few weeks. Sometimes we forget that, you know, these young guys can improve and their skill set isn't set in stone. True. I think we've kind of talked uh, talked about it. We're playing a different style and I think it's more beneficial for, you know, defensemen actually looking like they're competent in their own end. True. I said give him 2 years, this year and the next year before you'd even consider moving him. Romanoff, yeah, that could be started. What do you think about Romanoff's play this year, Andy? It's so funny because everybody, I've seen it run the gamut. In the beginning, we go, (laughs) I saw Romanoff and Dobson, deep pair of the future. Can't wait to watch this for 10 years. And all of a sudden, I check back back mid-season and I just see people like, this guy's never in the right position. What the hell did we do? We can get, (laughs) and now it's back to, yeah, this guy. (laughs) What I'm seeing is I always look, like I told you, those, those ingredients that, okay, I remember early in his career when I went to watch him, I go, who is this Scott Mayfield guy and why does he think he's Brent Burns and why is he all over the place? Why is he beneath the goal line? Why is he coming back, throwing hits, taking himself out of position? He was, I called him the jackal. He was he was everywhere. 
And I was like, I don't know why, but I think I like this guy because the owls were just awful at the time. And what I see are some ingredients that, if refined, can actually be good. All right, so he has the speed, obviously. He has the ability to hit and be physical, so that should probably translate to a more playoff style of, of hockey. And what I've noticed recently is that he's not just simplifying his play in the deep. Have you ever seen him get more shots to the net in these last couple of games? Everything is going directly. If there's a lane, Grumpy in the crowd yelling, shoot it. Romanov goes, no worries. Here we go. Another one shoots it. One of them led to a goal last night. This He's shooting everything. And I feel like that's both his offensive game right now and his defensive game. He's simplifying as much as possible. You're saying that the uh, renewed structure is uh, I think it's accounting helped. for some of that. That could potentially be the case, but that also is why guys like Brock Nelson and whatnot, their simplified games are also better in their own ends these last couple of games. And so I, I, I've i seen some ingredients from Romanoff, like I did from Mayfield, where I think they need to be refined, but I like the raw materials. So the materials to create a player, I like what I'm seeing. The decision-making is the one thing that has been off. Let's see if that gets better next year. So on the create a player scale, is he very customizable or is he a guy that kind of just looks like one that's the random assortment? <laughs> well, remember that it's it's the problem with Bellows is no one, nothing got dragged up. Everything was at 70, 70, no speed. <laughs> so clearly Romanov has speed. We've seen him like he's got wheels. He's very physical. So he's got some of those things going for him. And then we'll see about these other things. I would say his biggest lack right now is is just decision making. He seems to have brain farts, much yeah. much less so recently. Maybe it's because of what you said. I, I like I, I, I like I like the raw materials. I'm going to take it a step further. Bandy says brain farts. I'm going to say he's got a gastrointestinal issue between the ears because. He very rarely makes the right decision. He's always out of position. He's been better. He has because of the simplified play. And it's interesting you drew the comparison to Scott Mayfield. I always feel Scott Mayfield, even though he might get results occasionally, is at his worst when he thinks he's Bobby Orr Jr. Dude, I know you've scored those goals. I know. But please, that's not your skill set. And that's what I'm going to say. The same thing to Romanov. Just know your role. And play it to the best of your ability. So that's what I, I think that's a fair assessment. He's been like a young Mayfield who was kind of maddening to watch yeah. in the beginning. And if you ask him, yo, please chill, <laughs> you can kind of be happy with what you get from him, especially come playoff time. You've always alluded to how you like Mayfield come playoff time. Yep. And hopefully, you know, we, we see something similar here. Maybe we do sneak in and we go, holy shit, he's lighting everyone up. And, and maybe that high intensity game just is, is good to him. He plays a showy game with the physicality, the block and the shots. Um, that, that's that, those are his strength uh, for me. His physicality and his ability to you know sell his body out to block shots. I wouldn't write him off yet, TJ. I, I there there are nope. players. I'm Gotta happy give to do year. so. I've been I've been I was a huge fan of that Romanov trade as soon as it was made. Didn't oh, say anything. Really? Do you have any clips on that? No, Grumpy, those clips were gone forever. Gone forever. Shay says here, Romanov. Was really good yesterday. Yeah, he's been a lot better lately since playing with Pulak. That was just another comment that kind of echoed the same thing. Thanks there, Shay. And then Gungun says, TJ, Grumpy, and Andy, what would the Islanders have to accomplish this year 
for both of uh, for both of you to give a public apology to both Lou, probably Lou Lamarillo and Joshua Bailey. Ooh, jo- what would have to what would have to happen? Grumpy, I'll ask you that. What would have to happen for you to give an apology? Win a cup. Win a, Win a cup. cup. Sure. Win Same a cup. Thing. Last year in the offseason, what was what did we hear from Trotz and uh Lamarillo? Stanley Cup or bust, you don't make the playoffs. Okay. What's this year's motto? Hey, make sure you buy the Shack stay the Shack chicken sandwich. Is I mean, what what's this year saying? You got to win the Stanley Cup. I think so. I just know how this person has the audacity to ask for a public apology for Josh Bailey. I mean, I'm, I, 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 I don't think I don't think it's possible to look worse than he has this year. He would have to score a game-winning goal, Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Finals. Hat trick. Are they saying because he tapped in that open goal, open net goal yesterday? Oh my gosh, that's deserving of an apology. You have no idea. Josh Bailey has a good game, and all the Bailey apologists come out. We see that Josh Bailey's elite. That type of shit runs the game, but and I feel like well, they're they're just trolling you. He's one of the worst players in the whole league at this point. He somehow got worse than the one we criticized year after year. You want to know who's a troll, Andy? Phil's facts. Phil's facts. I absolutely believe he's a troll. I don't think he is. He is a troll. He flip-flops on every single side of every single argument, and he flip-flops within a week on everything, and then he goes back. He's absolutely trolling the whole Islander fan base. I've come to that. I said this for years about him. When I had my whole thing on here, when I crushed him, once I saw him on your show, everything (laughs) changed because I realized it's one of those online personas. He's he's a gasser online. He did. He gasses things up way too much. But when he He talks on your show, that's the Phil we need. Phil talks to you calmly on the show. He breaks down points, and he does pretty good at it. I just wish his online moniker uh, portrait, like, you know, kind of read like that. He just loves, he he loves selective statistics, yes. but then if it doesn't apply to something yes. else, it's just, I got filled up, but it's more good than bad, I think, with Phil. Here's the thing. There's too much estrogen running around in Phil's house. Too many That's things. the problem. <laughs> <laughs> well, now I'm just gonna now I'm just won't let Phil get me upset because Phil sometimes knows he does it. He I don't, know why, I don't even know why you even get upset. TJ says you should get on and say something to Phil. I said why? I, I'm not, I'm not interested. Me and Phil are pals. Crazy. Phil's All right, you want me to make crazy. you want me to make fun of Phil? I'll tell you something, Phil. No. Phil like he, his like petty emotions, like a child about the Rangers and like Toronto. All he does is create reasons of why they're going to lose. A post is just being objective and realize, no, they can win. He just will not say that. Like It will always be like, oh, wow, the Ryan O'Reilly deal looks a lot like the Nick Foligno. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't, Phil. It looks nothing like the Nick Foligno deal because O'Reilly's going to be completely different than him. And like, oh, Patrick Kane, one of the worst forwards. Oh, is he? Is he one of the worst? He was clamoring for him a couple of weeks ago. His personal hatred for those two teams very much clouds his opinions on those things. I think yeah. I'm kind of like Phil somewhat, Grump. Would you not agree? Yeah, you are, you're another guy Certain who likes to pull fancy. selected facts on some obscure thing and use that when common knowledge is no, that's not what I think most doing. people do, but I'm like... No, I, no, no, like, no, no, no. Normal people do not do that. <laughs> Psychos do that. So, like, for example, money puck, you know, like people are going to point to, uh, am I shitting on them? Sorry, guys. Uh, I'm going to, this is how I feel. They have Aho and Mayfield ranked as the top shutdown unit in the league with their statistic. I'm sorry, but now you've kind of ruined what 
Anything else you'd put out, I'm like, yeah, but you have Aho and Mayfield as the best sh- shutdown pair in the league. How can I believe you over here when you talk about this team's percent chances and whatnot? So I've always believed like if you're gonna if you're gonna credit something somewhere, then you better kind of have faith in them like 90% of the time. So it's like sometimes there will be a player who stands out. Look at all these metrics that so and so gave on this player. But then if there's another player they don't like and that player is graded highly over there. Now, all of a sudden, you can't trust these systems, and it's blah, blah, blah. So I'm not saying he does that, but for the most part, I don't like to default to those systems too much because I believe a lot of flaws up in there. Yeah. Can I just – I just want to talk about the uh, million-dollar belt. DJ, do you know who – Million-dollar belt? Yeah. it's Andy's got the million-dollar belt. You see the belt there? It's next to the question mark. You see it? Hold on, let me. Hold on, is that? I don't. He's got to take it off the wall. Is that on the wall someplace? Yeah, he's hanging. He's hanging on the wall. Is that like a WWE belt? Well, it's. I'm sure it's a replica. Now, do no, you that's know who... the WWE belt, Grumpy. Okay. Do you want to know who created that belt? Well, Vince McMahon did. But do you want to for what character that belt was created for? I don't know, Ric Flair or something. The Million Dollar no. Man. I don't know. The mil- million Dollar Man, Million Dollar Belt. That's right. Do you okay. want to know? Okay. And what? do you know why that belt was created? I don't know. Because uh, Andre the Giant was not allowed to give the belt to after he beat Hulk Hogan in 19, blah, 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 whatever year Lee was born, um, 90, whatever, on a Friday night. And he could not give the belt to uh, Ted DiBiase, even though he bought it. So he created his own belt. And do you want to know what happened? Ted DiBiase left. He came back as a manager. And do you want to know who he gave that million-dollar belt to when he Ooh, came back? Buddy. It was a character known as the Ringmaster. And do you know who the Ringmaster became? Triple H. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Ah. Yeah. And the rest is history. Stone yeah, Cold and Steve he Austin. and Stone Cold hated it, so he yeah. eventually got out hated of that it. gimmick. Yep, hated <laughs> hated the Ringmaster gimmick. And uh, I, I'm proud of you, Grumpy. That is some good stuff. Oh man, I I know all my wrestling history. Wrestling. I don't watch anymore because uh, honestly, it's Vince trash. McMahon was the best and worst thing that ever happened to wrestling. <laughs> when you came out and admitted that it was fake. It, I mean, everyone kind of knows it was a work, right? But back, it's like, oh, well, maybe. And then when you cut, oh, no, well, you know. But the internet it, was going to take that down anyway. Well, yeah, but as soon as he came out and said that, it just, it ruined it. You, could, you had no longer had that suspension of disbelief. Just not at all. Now mm-hmm. when you come out and say, well, yeah, this is the way it was scripted. Well, dude, what the hell? Yeah. Fired. <laughs> You're fired. Uh, there it is. We got a little history lesson on the WWE yeah, or the bro. WWF at that time. That's right. Cody Curtis said, bro, every commenter is shitting all over us, um, calling us a snooze fest, saying that uh, you need to catch up on some sleep. Go watch the Islanders because we're the most boring team in the NHL. I've seen about 30 different commentators saying this. That's that's the narrative that's getting pushed, it's right? It's selective. It's selective. Minnesota it's Wild, just, no one says a thing. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. Minnesota hasn't always played like that, where that's absolutely been our style since Lamarillo and Trotz got there. Yeah, that's unfortunate. But um, Romanoff and Pulak are complimenting each other very well. So, hey, 
system we're playing also helping too. Gugun says, Grumpy, what do you prefer most? Mukbang videos, mayo and coffee videos, or Vaseline eating videos? Next comment. Hold on, Grumpy. You got to answer this question. Mayo now, and coffee. Okay. Did, you see, did you see what Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, who is going to be like a top 10 pick, he puts mayo in his fucking coffee in the mornings. I Four or five squirts. I don't even want like, to think dude, about this. Yeah, okay. I'm not drafting him just because of that. Sorry. <laughs> We're not okay. we don't have mayonnaise in our cafeteria. So when he's when he's traveling in away games, do you think on Sunday or like on Saturday morning or Saturday evening, you're like, okay, we got to make sure he's got his like Hellman's mayonnaise and he can go ahead. All right, and let's move on to the next the comment. <laughs> let's just move on to the next comment. Mayonnaise. Well, hold on, we got to explain why this happened, right? Why these questions were brought up. Grumpy was disgusted by mukbang videos the first time we introduced it to him. And there's a video of Stefan Marbury, I think, eating Vaseline. He's like, my grandmother mind. told me. Oh, yeah. Oh. He was standing on a corner saying, we'll eat Vaseline for food. No. <laughs> okay, he was sick and he just ate a handful of Vaseline. Three of the nastiest things you could have. Um, Nick C said, I agree with Andy. I'd rather win the damn game. As a college athlete, I used to tell the underclassmen, it's cool to win. Um, not being flashy or it's cool to win. You want me to uh, try not this? Being flashy and losing anyway. I don't know. It's like I feel like he went to say, you know, it's cool to be. Let me flat you, I agree with Andy. Cool. I'd rather win the damn game as a college athlete. I used to tell the underclassmen it's cool to win. Not being flashy and losing anyway. LOL. Yeah, I was about to say, I think he meant to say it's, you know, it's cool to be flashy, but I'd rather win than not lose. I don't know, Nick. I We understand what you're saying. I understand what yeah. you're saying. Um, AJ Piazza says here, do you guys think all of the unrestricted free agents are going to be extended? I think they'll bring Varlamov back. I think so, too. I just am not sure. Mayfield, if he wants to get paid, I do believe firmly he could get paid between 4 and $5 million at least a year on the open market. And does – I mean, the guy's been getting criminally underpaid for the last four but You guys years. always told me that unless you put up offensive stats, you never make money. So He'll you pick paid. one or the other. No get paid. No more flip-flopping with you two. I'm going to start holding you to your He'll original claims. He'll I don't think $4 million for a defensive defenseman is overpaying. I think he'll get paid, but I like the, the the top the top earners always have to put up points. Nine and a half million. Paid. You put up some points like Noah Dobson. You're a ten million dollar guy. Oh, look, there it is. Just look at the jersey that Andy's going to buy. <laughs> I do think that I do think Mayfield will earn. He, Dobson he wants ten to. mil. <laughs> I still do stand by that. I think he's one zero mil underneath. I think he's. Gonna hey, you may as well. Money. I mean, if you have conviction about something and you truly believe it. Like, yeah, you should get rid of things that like have been proven wrong. But if you truly believe it, you may as well hold on to it until the end because then you get to give the last big middle finger. Hey, if I'm wrong, well, it's it's what it, people already think I'm it wrong. It won't be the with. first time. <laughs> that too. Freedom Fund Adventure says, many are speculating that Nelson or Pajo will be traded this summer. Who replaces them? I'm not breaking up Barzal and Horvat unless Engvald is moved to the third, you know, third or list. He's moved to what the hell is he's con moved to the third that? line. I don't see it. Who could replace either? I don't think they're going to do anything like that. I don't think they're going to move anyone. I think the same cast and crew that you're seeing now is the same group we're going to see come October. I no hockey trades? None. Absolutely <laughs> none. He's got no draft picks to trade, so well, he's not going to be picking anybody up. Maybe they'll pick up another third, fourth line guy if somebody retires. That's it. We'll have a 2024 
first round pick to move at that point. They're not going to move it at this draft. No, probably not. He'll piss it away the next deadline. <laughs> Ariel C says here, the Leafs are my favorite to win the cup. If they get out of the first round, I think they go to the promised land. It's like a mental block. That first round, they break that and they'll win it all. Disagree. I think that they, another team that, all right, winning a first round playoff series doesn't mean you know how to make it. Let's, okay, let's say they win the first round and beat Tampa. That's going to be what, six, seven games? They'd have to play Boston the next round. Boston owns them this year. Boston? You never Boston? know. The Islanders. Yeah, uh, yeah you never know. Oh, don't put them in you never know category. Okay. That will be a no. great series and go minimum but, six. But Boston is really freaking good. I think Boston is a complete team. I don't like Boston, but I respect what they've done this year. I really do. If you They're if good. Boston, let's say gets knocked out the first round of the postseason. How much they ain't playing us? Who the hell are playing? Team who, Russia from '76. How much of a shock would that send through the hockey community if Boston did not make it out of the first round of the postseason? Boston has lost in the first round before when they're supposed to win. Then I guess it would prove me right when I said Boston's really a paper tiger going into the season. They'll be that's, lucky to be the you fourth. You've got so many takes, Grumpy, that one of them are bound to be yeah, right. Yeah, that's, that's the old Nostradamus theory. Oh, you come right. out with a thousand, one's going to hit and say, I'm a, I'm a genius. But here's the thing. I'm 100% honest. I said before the season went, I expected them to be a fourth seed, um, struggling to make the playoffs because I thought they were done. Um, but they proved me wrong. And just like the Devils. Devils proved me wrong in the Metro without doubt. B40B40 says, I want the Leafs in pajama boy in the first round so bad. The you Leafs wouldn't play them until it, if, if it, let's say some little scenario plays out, it would not be to the Eastern Conference Finals, I believe. The Leafs are I built think, to skill I think they're a team to be messed with, man. I, I, I would not want the Leafs to get hot. Uh, that's all I'll say. I would never want to play them. That's a team where it's like, when do they finally break that barrier? I know it's kind of like a funny gag now where every single year they get knocked out in the first round. It's like, hey, haven't won a post or playoff series. What, since before YouTube was created? It's been like, what was it, like 2000? And yeah, uh, yeah, I remember. Well, I remember when it ended. That that should be uh, what I'm talking about that year before the lockout. That should be when uh, Philadelphia eliminated them in the playoffs in 2000, uh, the lockout year. So 03, 04. or something like that. Three, that should be 03, like 04. Yeah. Man. Um, Time B says here, I think Toronto has a great chance to knock off Tampa. I don't like how they match up with Boston. Yeah. Tampa's extremely beatable this year. It's the so many games in a couple years they're they're kind of showing it they don't like every year they've plucked one apple off the tree there is no palat and they've done what some stuff and i watched them closely they've done some stuff to address some of the issues but guys like headman it's just been so many games stamkos headman kucherov and you're talking about the leafs are what you hope the de devils are in a few years like they're Skilled guys are in their prime. Like Nylander's incredible now. Matthews, obviously, you know. And the fact that they added in a, the right kind of guy, not just another star, a, an O'Reilly type. To, I really think you got to don't let them get the get the engine going with confidence in the playoffs. Still not and, sold. Still not sold on their goaltending. Yeah, last year they had awful goaltending, but it didn't. Yep. That's not that's not the reason they lost. It's funny, people, baby. You mentioned Tampa. You can almost tell when in the playoffs when Tampa's going to win. They might lose a game 6 nothing, but
But if a game is close, you know Tampa's winning. Yeah. It's like one of those things. Yeah, I mean, they're great at that. They're past they're past their peak too, let's be honest. But Colorado, Colorado was the first team that would consistently eradicate Tampa's leads. Multiple leads in Tampa, game four, ended up tying it, winning it in overtime. Colorado was the better Colorado was an all time stack team last year, man. I think if I think if Tampa was healthy, Tampa beats them. They had a lot of injuries last year. They got dominated. I bet Tampa uh, to win the cup. You guys know about. Yeah, I can. I could admit Colorado. Colorado was a different team last year. They they were something else, man. Sweeping McDavid, sweeping Nashville, beating the Blues should have been five. It was. I mean, they hardly lost any games at all. They lost a handful of games. They just that loss versus Vegas. You talk about the the one that gets you over that that blowing that two nothing lead versus Vegas. That little fire under their ass last year. They sometimes you gotta learn. Sometimes you gotta lose to learn how to win. By the way, uh Red Wings did win tonight over the Blackhawks. Four to three. They're already out. Some updates. I've already I've already given their eulogy already. We don't need we do not need to talk about the Detroit Red Wings till next year when they wild fail. lighten up that scoreboard. Minnesota Wild did go ahead and beat the uh, Winnipeg Jets tonight as well. Um, we got a comment here. John Smith asked Grumpy, where is the Hall of Very Good located? Nowhere. That's what I mean. <laughs> Nowhere. You know what they say about warning track power? Nothing. That's what they said. You either have home run power or you don't. I don't care if a guy hits it. If you have a, uh, a, a ballpark that's 410 foot, you hit it 405 consistently, you know what you are? You're an out. Hey, TJ. <laughs> I do. I have some work that I have to do. So if you don't mind, I feel like I feel like two and a half is is, is that's like a pay per view. That's WrestleMania, you know. That's, that's I feel that's like what, that's it's, it's actually two nights of WrestleMania now. Used to be one, now it's two. Oh, that's yeah. awful. But yeah, you know, Islanders kicks off at seven o'clock, ends at nine. I feel like I've done my. Uh, you know, I'm not here for the hickey post games. I was here for, for the uh, the main broadcast, but I just got to do some stuff for tomorrow. So I just wanted to. Uh, you know, thank you for bringing me on. As always, hope I didn't. Uh, you know, no curses this time. Maybe one. TJ but had three that? in a it row. Used to be an issue. <laughs> yeah, it used to be an issue. TJ, that's okay. TJ had three in a row. That's all right. That's all right. Thank you, Andy, for coming on. As always, we'll have to have you on during the postseason this year as the Islanders are making their run to the Stanley Cup. Finals. Don't let that guy get under your skin, will you? Uh, I'll try. I'll try. Oh, now. one last thing that I want to say. You're. Uh, Grumpy brought up uh, Andre the Giant before. Mm -hmm. I didn't know you were related to Andre the Giant because I saw a picture of you, and apparently you're nine feet tall. I saw a picture of you for the first time, not in that chair, and I went, who the hell is that guy? (laughs) I look like a big bat next to little Delaney. I was like, oof, I'm looking kind of big. picture with him. I was like, again, tall. You look, they, they pulled a lumberjack out of Saskatchewan. That looks like the man who hunted down Bigfoot in that picture. That was, Gigantor, I couldn't believe it. Gigantor. Oh, yeah, I did not know that you guys uh, rolled nine feet over there. That's, uh, that was impressive to see. I'll watch my mouth from now on, by the way. I didn't know. I thought me and you would be looking eye to eyes right around that six range. Like, all right, I got, I'll handle them. No, no, no. It's like one of those type of things. Three o'clock high, Grumpy. That's it. Three o'clock high. Oh, God. Don't fuck this up, Mitchell. 
man. All right. Thank you guys for having me. It, it was a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thanks, Thank Andy, you. as always. Thank you. Take it easy. Goongoon says, Senor Francis, what are you more of Street Fighter 2 guy or a Dig Dug guy? I assume Street Mortal Fighter. Kombat. Mortal Kombat. Perfect. The Navy's that's that's a perfect way to end it. Um, Adam P says here, I'm pissed off at the Mets before the season even starts. Okay. And then Adam P, Grumpy. I want to hang with Grumpy and the gang and the cul-de-sac crew and drink real beer, not the mass marketed crap with the horses or mountains in the marketing. Absolutely. Nick D, Grump. Sometimes we need a break from the hockey podcast. Andy. When's the next You're Still Here podcast? It's a nice break from hockey. Soon. I don't know when, but probably soon. Andy's got a lot, but probably soon if I'm taking the over-under on that. Thomas Amadeo says here, over-under of the Islanders making the postseason this year. Um, if we do, is there a chance that we upstate or up? I'm sorry, upset the Bruins? Um, I think we're going to make the playoffs, but... I'll put it at 75% we make. Uh, so what is that? Uh, I don't know. I don't even, you know, I hate the way the betting thing is plus this, plus that. I can't figure it out. I'm going to say it's going to be, uh, what, four to, what is that? Four to three? I don't know, three to four? Something like that. I, I think know. 75% chance we make the playoffs. Zero that we beat the Bruins. Zero. <laughs> Zero. Zero. No shot. I think. 100 million to one odds, Grumpy. Is that too favorable? I think that we'll beat them one game. One game. Okay. They're just, they're just too good. Sorry. Too good. And I then think- Islander fans can complain, well, gosh, if we would have got those three breaks on that goal, we would have won a Stanley Cup. It's like <laughs> it's like the when they were the Oakland Raiders and they lost to New England in the snowball, and they're like, that tuck rule, that cost us a Super Bowl. I hate to tell you, you would have had to go to Pittsburgh the next week, beat Pittsburgh, then go to the Super Bowl and play the uh, St. Louis Rams. I just stop. Stop. I think we've got about a 60% chance of making the postseason, 40% chance that we don't. So if I'm going to Vegas, right, I'm putting it down on the, hey, yes, the Islanders have a better chance of making the postseason than don't. That's I Philly flip-flopped. And, you know, we could do this for the remainder. D-cut grumpy. Is this um, the clown who said we were going to have oh, – that's right. I forgot to ask him about that. 820 goal scores. Absolutely D-cut. That's the one. And I wanted to ask him that because I think we have, what, two or three 20 goal scorers this year. I don't know. There's so much to talk about, Grumpy. You can, you can just remember – you can ask him after the end of the season, Grumpy. I, you can told, ask I tell you, it drives me crazy because I was thinking about that today. I'm like, yeah, I wanted to ask him about how many 20 goal scorers we're going to have. Um, Patrick Hamo saying seven eight three three is rude when it's spelled out. Oh, I like that. That's nice. Um, we have two twenty goal scorers on our team this year. That's still got time left. Uh, D cut saying here, BS. You didn't lose any comments, you bald headed jerk. No, they I did. Um, Nick C says here, uh, have we heard anything on Barzal's injury? Nothing much at this point. Um, Adam P saying, oh, oh no, we actually got that coming fantastically enough. Drew L said grumpy uses a wishy-washy girl scenario as an analogy to the Islanders playoff chances. The Islanders have more chances to win a cup than the way grumpy uses analogy of locking up that chick. Um, I must not have been there. Not paying. Like I said, 
it's not happening for me and it's not happening for them. There you go. 100%. That's why I did that. That's why I did that analogy. TJ would make the playoffs is that we'd win a Stanley Cup. TJ, you need to write douche on your enormous forehead Ooh. for an entire podcast if we win the cup. Ooh. Okay. Um, Coach Tommy B said if the Islanders win the cup, TJ has to let D cut replace him on the show for a year. All righty. I'm feeling right now so confident, but that those are those are good ones. Um, we'll have to do if we make the postseason what, you know, hey, if the Islanders win the cup, we'll have to start floating that around. What Grumpy and I should do if they win a cup. Patrick Hamo says here, um, if you just don't understand or you just don't understand what the determining factors are, boys, the true factors um, say that the Islanders have very or they have very good odds. Um, and uh, people intrinsically know this. They fear us. Says Patrick, no. I like it. Adam T <laughs> says here, which is more likely, the Islanders winning a cup or Bailey getting 15 goals in the postseason? Um, oh, in the postseason. Well, let me tell you something. Like we mentioned, you know, that would be like him averaging a goal at least every other game. Here's the thing: Josh Bailey winning the Con Smythe would get an apology from me. So I don't have to. I don't have to. I don't have to write anything down anytime soon. What's more likely, though, Grumpy? The Islanders winning a cup or Bailey scoring 15 goals in the postseason. Both are freaking ast- – I think the Islanders winning a cup is more likely than Bailey scoring 15 goals in the postseason. Anything can happen, but <laughs> neither is going to happen. I think that the anything can happen scenario is you know the Islanders would win a cup before Bailey would score 15 goals in the postseason. The okay. son of a bitch doesn't even score 15 goals sometimes in the regular season. He's not going to do it this year. I was about to say that's over an 82 game stretch. Um, Adam P says here, um, their goalies suck. Minnesota is the mild, um, stupid Subban. Um, shouldn't be calling Islanders boring. Uh, they should focus on the damn mild. They're the most boring team in hockey, says Adam P. So there's agree. really no difference, honestly. Seriously, there's not. When the, when the Islanders in the wild played, that was the worst game I'd seen in a long, long time. Flex crew, Flex crew says, um, if you think the Islanders are winning a cup, you just or you aren't just drunk. You're fucking Mr. Leahy drunk. Very true, Flex crew. And Grumpy doesn't even know that reference. I don't. But it's it's a trailer park boys reference. D cut says five one one without the ballerina. Send him to Los Angeles to hand out this guy for the remainder of the season. Mm. Um. Adam P says here, yeah, marriage isn't worth messing up your NHL career. Absolutely. But since not. Bailey is married, he's been on a honeymoon, or he's been on his honeymoon since he went pro. What else explains his on the ice performance? And he's got three kids too. Uh, uh, Joseph C says here, I heard, who the hell is that? I heard Steve Valiquette repeat Grumpy Old Man's point a couple of weeks ago that goalies are creatures of habit and having kids disrupts their routine. There you go. Yep. Well, it wasn't the thing is it's not something we came up with. Somebody else came yeah. up with that. We'll yeah, it was keep not us. Miss there unless they want to be mentioned. But it's it's hundred percent true. Having a kid really does throw off their game. And like Shostakin, no, Shostakin was never going to be able to recreate what he did last year. But had that kid in the offseason, like okay, I'm I'm now starting to look for that. Having kids definitely throws because your priorities change. Yep. Yeah. You know where you could say, hey, it's just all all hockey all the time where it's like, now I have a kid. Now I have other things that are important to me. You gain perspective. And, 
you know, you lose some of that possible fire you had there in your, in your stomach. Uh, Tommy B, Coach Tommy B says Derek Jeter was smart. He got married after his career ended. Absolutely. You know, I, the guy never took a misstep ever. Derek Jeter. He had never. the little, he had the little goodbye baskets. Well, that's when he had his little lady friends up. They give him, you know, the Jeter basket, depending on how they were, what the basket was. I saw you got you got the the premium Jeter basket, or you just got the little standard Jeter basket. Yeah. Uh, Decut says Romanoff has been terrific since moving with Pollock's left side. Clearly, Dobson. Was dragging him down. Trade no hit Noah in the summer. I tell you one thing. D Cut does. I don't know if D Cut gets those from other people, but D Cut is very savvy when it comes to coming up with names like that. College Quinn, the Three Amigos. D Cut comes up with a lot of those things, Grumpy. Yeah. I wonder if his other his other amigos in 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 the end. In, in, oh, uh, so you're trying to say that. that he's getting this information? He's getting these. Somebody else is feeding him this information. Somebody else. You're trying to say that D Cut. Isn't savvy enough to come up with his own nickname? No, I okay. just can't. I said I said D cut's very savvy. That's how I that's how I preface it. Very creative. Okay. Uh Patrick Hamo said, Hey Andy, what kind of odds could one be betting on Simon Holmstrom winning the con Smythe this year? Sorry, he is gone at this point, but uh I can answer that. None. None. D cut says here. We can get a king's ransom by moving the ballerina before his no trade clause kicks in. No hit Noah and Wallstrom this summer. I love it. D-cut. None of those guys are getting moved. Tom White says here, Dobson has regressed. I wonder if he has off the ice issues or a nagging injury. I don't Shitty think partner. This is the excuse. He's got a crappy partner. D-cut says, fire TJ, hire Phil. Wow. Now that's a change up. Uh, Patrick Hamos says here, TJ about to get really happy talking about Lou dying. Oh, Ooh, no. it would have wow. been funnier having Andy on messing with him. Somewhere. Now TJ's a devil's fan. He don't have any love for the Islanders. Actually, oh, I think TJ loves the Islanders too much. That's <laughs> what I think the problem is. And when you see things that you just feel are just bad for the team going forward, that he just loses his mind. He's not able to control himself like the grumpy old man. Sorry. Patrick Hamos talking about the Islanders are so hot lately. You wouldn't know it by watching this show. I don't know. I mean, I've been very complimentary of the Islanders recently. Hey, I, I, I did even. Playoffs? Hey, the Islanders are winning the cup, Patrick. Don't you forget it. The Islanders are winning the Stanley Cup with Joshua Bailey winning the Con Smythe. Okay, Joshua. So you know that that's just going to right all of the wrongs. That's that's what it really is. But ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate, trust me, we're going to look through all of the comments, the ones that I can see, um, because about half the comments got wiped for me um, when I accidentally stupidly clicked the go backwards button on the wrong tab. Um, so, so, but we'll look through all the comments there. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in, commenting as always. Um, there's so many of these that just put a ear to ear smile on my face as you see the random smiles that I do during the show. And th there's ones that we look at afterwards that just have me laughing endlessly for me and grump. Um, but number one, thank you so much everybody for tuning in, listening to the show coming out. Yes, I'm eating a little bit of a crow sandwich and we'll be doing that for a while. So that will be my picture until otherwise my little avatar will be the little eating crow. That's fine. Right. I can admit when I'm wrong. I, there's a couple of comments I wanted to touch on. I forget who sent the first one. They asked me why it is that I, uh, the way I drink, like I'm chewing my drink. And everyone asked me that. I don't know. It's just the way I drink. Sorry. It pisses me off to no end. You know what? Like, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. 
What do you care? I, I can drink like a normal what, human. What does what does it matter? It's the way I drink. I drink like a normal one, human grump. B40, B40 said he's Eskimo brothers with Steve Webb. So uh I I want to hear that story. God almighty. Look at these. These last ones are in D Cut says that crow has more hair than TJ. Oh, his whole body is covered with hair, Deacon. So that's it's, not yeah, fair. He fetish. has more hair than anyone on this who listens to the podcast. Uh, Shay said, uh, TJ, tell Andy I'll wear the million dollar man jersey to a game. The Look at that, Shay, man. Jersey. Look at her. She's already politicking to get herself another jersey for free. I tell you what, I love the ingenuity of Shay. Uh, Freethinker14 says here, now we're like going from the bottom up. This is odd. Roses are red, violets are blue. When the Islanders get bounced for, in the first round of the playoffs, what will Lou do? Oh, that's oh, great. I like that. That's good. What is I Lou to do too. is what it actually said. What is oh. Lou to do? Oh, man. Um, he doesn't have enough hair to cut Roman off in. Um, maybe he could get his initials in, you know, if he's lucky. Oh, God. I can only imagine what the hell was happening earlier. Um, Listen to the listen to the liquor, Randy. Oh God, Almighty, that's great. <laughs> oh, good gracious, good gracious. Um, TJ buzzes his head if the Islanders win the cup. That hasn't changed since draft night. Uh, okay. I don't think TJ. I don't think TJ. Did you make a bet on that? You know what? I'll buzz my head if the Islanders win the cup. Wow, he's he's doubling down on the. I didn't. Sure. I don't remember you ever saying that. To be honest, with I think you. I said that last year, and it's just kind of like the running one. At one year, it's just going to be like there is no hair, so you know that's not going to hold any credence anymore. So the Islanders better get to get on the stick and win quickly. All I'm going to say is there's nothing that I would ever bet, uh, you know, where it would make me look bad or whatever. Something I didn't want to do otherwise, uh, based on a sports team performing. Never. Mm. Anyway, let's look here. We got um, Brian J says here. You do you, Grumpy. Drink whatever way you want to. Legend. Yeah. Because saying hit the like button and subscribe. Absolutely, Because Thank you. Uh, um, James James Farrell said the Raiders would have beaten the Steelers and best and beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. They didn't. Sorry. Hmm. I'm no. Uh, I'm an old time Raiders fan too. Love the Raiders. Daryl Monica, Kenny Stabler, George Blanda, Fred Bolitnikoff, Hubert Dixon, Marv Hubbard. Uh, I'm going to get a Dobson jersey. I want the New York Islanders stick jersey. I love that one. Ordered a Hor Horvat new alternate jersey. And Shea Isles Lab has the best or has the best deal on jerseys, shockingly. $265 customized. Holy shit. That's how much jerseys are costing these days. Yeah, lucky lucky you won that bet. It was Dude. an easy one, though. I, I was surprised Andy took that bet, to be honest with you. There was no way France was losing to England. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I was happy too because I'm like shit. Because I was, I think at the time period, I was looking at how much these letters cost to customize to. I'm like son of a bitch, and I'm like, oh, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I know you would. I know you would have gotten the jersey. I know you would. D cut says shout out to Isles Misery rated R. That's a good one to end the show on. I think. Yep, and Shay says here. Oh, TJ, you can get the Bridgeport Fisherman on Isles Lab. Okay, perfect. There we go. I know now where to get it. You can get. The Islanders, the cool one, the white background jersey now in Islanders Lab. So cool. I have to look there and get myself a Bridgeport Islanders jersey because they're much better than our current jersey. Um, yes, that's what you did for the Sallow jersey. The UFC Isles fan says here, 
Hockey jerseys are the most expensive jerseys out of any sport. They're the best jerseys out of any sport, too. Now, this is the great one to end on. Brian J said, Bailey scored 60 goals in many in the mini stick league Sundays at aunt and uncle's house at his aunt and uncle's house. Or he could have even scored it in the cul-de-sac cruise competitive tournament they have, just like the little ping pong tournament. They had it at Anders Lee's house. Very oh, true. that's a good one. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. Listening, first off, Grumpy, what do you want to say before we start wrapping things up? I want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. And don't forget, tomorrow. We're and Andy. Come. And Andy. And, says oh, Andy. That's right. Andy's not here. Out of sight. Out of mind. Sorry, Andy. Um, and don't forget tomorrow night, the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. Um, yes. Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. There's a lot, right? We're going to be talking about Joe Mixon apparently shot or somebody in the Joe Mixon residence. No. Somebody got shot in front of his house. Okay. I thought he that was Mixon's that. doing. Now it had nothing to do with him? I don't think so. And we have NFL free agency. A lot of crazy stuff going on. Jets fans absolutely want to tune in. Without a doubt. Yeah, they investigated him. Yeah, there was a shooting at his home, uh, the Bengal Stars' home of a minor. I won details shooting that that left the juvenile injured near Joe Mixon's home. So maybe it wasn't him, but there was a shooting. Um, okay, anyway, so we got a lot to talk about. There's a lot to be talking about, um, all sports-wise, number one. So thank you so much for everybody commenting in being engaged in, in the show. We love all the comments. Trust me, we do. And some of them just make us roll on the floor laughing out loud. Thank you so much for all of your input. As always, we will see you guys. Oh, shit. Hey, uh, there's no show this Saturday. Oh, um, I didn't know that. Yes, we're about two hours and 55 minutes in. Yes, sorry. There's no show this Saturday. Um, sorry, guys. If there is, it's going to be a surprise. And I'll be as surprised as you, but probably no show this Saturday is kind of the way we're leaning. Um, just last minute thing popped up. Um, but hey, we will be with you guys here this next Wednesday. Ariel is going to be on. Um, so that, you know, that's great. We want, we'd love to have her back on. We're going to talk about a few things here. We're going to have more updates, more Islander victories probably over the Penguins in Washington before our next podcast. Um, so, yeah, we're going to be on TJ and the Grumpy Old Man tomorrow. Sorry, there'll probably be no show this Saturday. Probably should have mentioned it at the top, but we just kind of started heading in every which way and direction. Um, but hey, at least I mentioned it. <laughs> so um, anyway, thank you so much, everybody, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Grumpy, as always. We'll see you guys tomorrow on the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show. That's how you should try to go ahead and placate us being gone here this Saturday is by listening to the TJ and the Grumpy Old Man show with Sun X tomorrow. Okay. That is link in the description below. It's called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It can be found on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you guys tomorrow at 9 p.m. Thank you so much, as always, everyone, and thank you again, Grumpy. My pleasure.